Well met, friends. My name is Adam, and this is the Get Pipe Podcast, where we love to pipe. And today, well, as always, I am joined by my good friend Nick, aka the producer guy. Nick, what's up, man? Hey, Adam. How you doing, brother? Doing pretty good. Recording at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday night. <laughs> what? You mean like of the week before the podcast goes live, right? Nope. Oh, dang. Yeah. I kind of like it this way. This is actually, the, truth be told, we did this last We did it last week, right? <laughs> Second week. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah because fine, you had s- stuff happened, I think. And honestly, last night we were like, we could do it. But we kind of want, we want the hype. We want the, the pressure a little bit. Plus it's fun. You know? Dude, I found that the editing, you know, we, we talk about how we edit our podcast. Of course you hear every now and then we'll do episodes with music and stuff and well, there's music in every episode, but I'm talking the, you know, the sound effects, the, the whoosies, the, all the fun stuff. But <laughs> I don't know, you know, when we're not doing that, it's a pretty low threat gig and i'm really proud of that as we're you know approaching our 100 episode because it was not that way in the beginning i don't know if it was i mean we were still kind of finding our voice still kind of finding what we want to talk about how to talk about it and there's a lot of learning and growth and i don't know man i'm just like i could you i know both you and i could easily yeah oh yeah i can take i can edit this in less than an hour yeah and and the thing is like i feel like i've gotten better at talking in a way like there's n- there's not as many pauses, there's not as many ums or ahs. I mean, they're still in there, but I don't think it's as much. I was actually telling get wife that the other day because we were listening yeah. to the one there where we did live or live, mm-hmm. the one where I was recording from <laughs> Ireland that felt live because I was talking into oh, a, yeah, yeah. a laptop with no microphone. You guys could probably tell it did not sound great. And I was also trying to keep my voice down because she was sleeping because it was like yeah. midnight when we started recording on our end in, in Ireland. Uh, but but we had listened to that episode because I wanted to hear how it came out. I wanted to hear how like the audio engineering kind of fixed things up and if it did or didn't. And it was okay. But but the point yeah. of it was we were both listening to it, and I remember just telling her I was like, yeah, you know, like you know, producer guys kind of found his uh his uh his his voice, yeah. his his podcasting voice, and and both of Aww. us are we're we're still finding it. You know, two hundred episodes from now, I'm sure it'll be even even more smoother. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but pretty hype. It's, it was very funny with that episode. I don't think I told you. We used like a special editing software to make uh, the background noise a lot less, especially since it was through Adam's laptop for that one. And was when it wicked I, echoey and, when you were listening to me? No, it wasn't bad. Like initially or with the edited stuff? Well, yeah, without the editing. Oh, yeah, it was. Because when, when I oh. listened to the old one and then the new one, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. A lot different, but when I like basically upscaled the audio, whatever the software does, there was like weird noises and voices and stuff in it that like were when you weren't talking. It was like this garbled like oh. I was like, uh oh. What? And I had ro- I had producer wife listen to it, and she was like, yeah, that's a ghost. No, but anyway, I mean they say I, I mean <laughs> they say that there's some haunted location maybe we were close to one i don't know but anyways um yeah man what's what's been going on in the pipe world we got some some stuff going on that happened this last weekend and yeah yeah a bunch of stuff i want to first before we get started just uh give a huge shout out um surprisingly not to vets i mean yes to vets (laughs) but but i actually wanted to thank folks for reaching out to me i got text messages instagram messages 
people in the Discord. Uh, yeah, that was really cool for folks to kind of go out of their way and think, hey, you know, Adam, maybe you're understand. You don't got to do that. Yeah. I'm still serving kind of thing. And, yeah. But uh, but for the folks who are listening, man, if you're a veteran, dude, thank you. Thanks for kicking ass. Thanks for, you know, setting up the the policy standards and guidelines that I'm now following. And, you know, it's, <laughs> it's you know, we're, we're, we're trying to look for a better military of tomorrow. But I just wanted to kind of get that out of the way. We Because we normally do these. Actually, ironically, we did record this because I just said it Wednesday. But normally, right. normally we record kind of a little bit further out, but we weren't thinking of Veterans Day. But so we're yeah. a week removed if you're listening as this is coming out live. Uh, yeah, but anyway, thanks for, to the vets, but but kind of on par with the vets. Uh, I don't I actually oh. don't remember when it was announced. I think it was just this past weekend, probably in conjunction with Veterans Day in some capacity. Uh, was a uh, a little collaboration going on with uh, Morgan Bones and uh, Dave Shane from the Pipery. So we know Master of Pipes, Dave Shane. He received his Master of Pipes for uh, his free pipe project, which is essentially a product. Uh, excuse me, a project where you submit, send give away donate whatever you want to say your pipes your tobacco your tampers your whatever your lighters yep. anything you don't want that you've used in the pipe smoking sphere to dave shane of the pipery for this free pipe project and then dave will then sh ship those to uh primary is is soldiers airmen seals marines navy guys sailors whatever in uh in, in deployed countries in, in forward of the united states and then second tier would be folks who uh put in requests from like maybe your your military unit your platoon says hey i want to get my dudes into pipe smoking can you guys help us out and, and dave will and he'll ship uh whatever he's got and it's pretty badass it, it really it is. is so i go look this up free pipe project it's a wonderful thing but the point of uh this kind of collaboration was really awesome in, in um you know chris morgan with morgan pipes is always been a huge supporter of, of vets mm. but i think i'm pretty sure he has a, a veteran discount for anyone so if, you, if you're interested you can always get that but he added a new product to the site again in conjunction with dave and that is uh donate a bones so for 35 dollars, you add it to your cart you check it out and that one bones gets shipped over to dave shane and then that's another pipe that he has to uh then in turn donate to a, a, a veteran or a, a rather a current active duty member uh serving in some form of the armed forces or even reserve, whatever it be, but any, any kind of military green suitor type of deal. Uh, but it's a really, really cool thing, man. It's, it's, I believe it's slightly cheaper. I don't think you can buy a, a bones for 35 bucks. So it's just, it's great to see these guys come together. And a lot of the time, you know, Dave is fronting the cost on the shipping, right? So like these are, he, he's, he's paying it forward there. Uh, Chris Morgan's probably taking very little, I mean, I don't know what, the profit margin is but he charges right. 40 50 for bones and now he's cutting it back to 35 also he can then pay to ship it to dave and then get these these peeps pieces and pipes out right. um so it's just a wonderful thing that i i really wanted to highlight so encourage i encourage you to do it take a look you know 35 bucks goes a long way for you know a dude who's stuck in kuwait or you know even romania uh, poland hey. and, <laughs> you know and it's like damn a pipe would be real cool you can get him a morgan bones yeah and i um I just want to say every pipery purchase, whether that's a pocket jar or if you uh, see them at a pipe show or anything and they're selling maybe some vintage tins or other pipes, a, like all of that or a lot of it goes to cover the costs of shipping and stuff like that. So not only by you know purchasing this Morgan Bones, but just supporting the pipery in general, 
you're supporting the free pipe project and uh that's awesome man that's awesome i was so so happy to see that and uh i think it's it's a great thing that they're putting together yeah man so was super happy to see it but um yeah i don't know i mean we're what what i guess we got thanksgiving next week yeah. so might be a good time to send some uh get some of those pipes you know maybe a vet who's who's not gonna be able to come home for thanksgiving i have been there i was not overseas mm-hmm. but i was in louisiana oh. uh, several years ago three four years ago and i did have the infamous definitely infamous army thanksgiving in the field kind of quote <laughs> loosely deployed uh you know ration and it was i mean it was a it were, there was turkey there was stuffing and <laughs> Other things, green beans, if you want to call them that, like it was just not great. So <laughs> a pipe would go, a pipe would go really far. But oh, yeah. um, no, what, one thing what? I wanted to talk about though was, um, I don't know what made me think about this just now, but since Thanksgiving, there's no like, oh, I got my Thanksgiving pipe in the mail. Yeah, uh, you, you don't really see that. You see a little bit of Halloween, and of course, you get like, you literally have like Thanksgiving Day tobacco. That's like really the only Thanksgiving. Stuff, yeah, like so huge shout out to LJ Preddy for still doing yeah. that. And they've been doing that since like Love 19, it. I want to say like 39 or 42. <laughs> I forget. You, this was a, I'm pretty sure this was a, uh, are you smarter than a pipe smoker? Yeah. Or something. And I don't even, I already forget, but it's, it's early. Uh, but, but, but dude, I mean, I, I was going to say, I walked into our discussion right now with a, a Santa hat. You did I, do that. I did. And I hated it. I didn't, I, did. I didn't say it, but I was so, I was oh, I knew so insults. I, I know you hated it because what was it? Was it, were we talking live last week? And you were like, oh, I hate Christmas or whatever. Maybe it was off air. Or something. I don't hate like, Christmas. I just well, not, hate that you, you listen to the, Christmas music <laughs> like sorry, on your own to, dime. You know what I mean? I like mean you're, you you're going like to. No, I am not. Dude. <laughs> no, I said I didn't mean to make you sound. Oh, like oh okay. 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 Yeah. No, no, no. I, I know. I love Christmas. Uh, I know it, you it, love Christmas, love the winter, but I, it's just. It's one of those things where I am definitely above and beyond in like the early celebration. So I'll admit. I will loosely say too, though, like, you know, Gail Wife was like, can we start decorating for Christmas? And Norm, like, I think I had said, you know, decorations go up after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty loosey goosey on that. If I'm having people over for Thanksgiving, hell no. There's not going to be a single Christmas ornament up uh, if people are coming over for Thanksgiving to celebrate mm. Thanksgiving. But I don't know. I don't think we're having anyone over. So if she wanted to this weekend. I wouldn't. That would that would not bother me because it's fun, right? It's 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 festive. Not playing Christmas music. Hell no, that's not happening for sure until Black Friday, the day after uh, Thanksgiving. That's the first like Christmassy day to me. Uh, but my right. my father is the exact same way. He he maybe even worse. He's like a December first kind of guy. December first mm. to you know twenty fifth, and then like once you're done unwrapping your presents, it's over. <laughs> You know, like, so it could be 11 a.m. on the 25th. And he's like, okay, this is, we're we're out of this. (laughs) But yeah, but Christmas, man. So uh, I actually want to talk about real quick was the Christmas Pete. Um, This was a a pipe that we kind of judged on the service. I didn't get my hands on it right. And I was like, whoa, this is bold of them to release this. And I think it was September. Yeah, it was. So now that we're thinking about Christmas and you can't get them, that's really bumming and sad. But uh, I'm sure you could probably find a couple online, but I actually found one in Ireland. It was at the um, oh. the Peterson Pipe Store, and I picked this. So I'm actually we're we're looking at a bunch of pipes, right? Of, of naturally, as one would, 
And I pick a couple up and and one I was like, wow, this is like a really cute shape. It's, you know, a little bit bigger of a bowl, but it was simple. It was one of those ones where I knew it wouldn't be in the $200 range, $190 range. I was like, this is an affordable, beautiful briar pipe. It had red stain and good bend and, you know, a nice vulcanite stem. And I was like, man, this, this could be a pipe I might pick up. I flip it over as I'm inspecting it. Bam, Christmas pipe, 2023. Hey! <laughs> and that proves my point, that I didn't know it was a Christmas pipe <laughs> when I was looking at it, because it does not, no. even in person, scream Christmas, but it was a beautiful pipe. So if you are a collector of those pipes, uh, at least any version of the Christmas pipe, or if you don't even care and you just like nice pipes, that one would probably one to, to grab. Uh, I, I just have this problem, man, where whether it's a Halloween pipe, like I love the Jekyll and Hyde this year. I, I love, yeah. like, I love that Christmas pipe, but I would look at, I would know this, there'd be this little file in the filing cabinet in the recesses of my mind that knows it's dedicated to Christmas because it says Christmas on it, or it says Jekyll and Hyde or Halloween. And I know it was for Halloween. And I just have this mental block that prevents me from enjoying that product outside of that given month. And it's like a, a very horrible thing i have and i have that with many many things like i really yeah yeah i'm I'm trying to think of a good example um like i think um maybe have like the piccadilly pipe is maybe a good example like i i have no desire to ever smoke anything outside of piccadilly in that i would oh but i just i'm I'm very um circum circumstantial i don't know like um the circumstances matter to me right uh, and or another good one. I love autumn evening in the autumn. Um, nah. You know that that's a you loose one. I, I've I've smoked that throughout the uh, yeah. uh, the year, but um, yeah, I don't know. Like there's there's there are very little peculiarities uh, about right. me that I don't love, uh, and that Christmas, Halloween, <laughs> holiday pipe one would be would be one of them. Like no, well, it's funny. Like real quick, the 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 Missouri Meerschaum they had that the Christmassy uh, snowman cob. Oh you, yeah, yeah. You're crazy if you think I'm smoking that outside of December, <laughs> January. You're crazy. Not that's happening. true. Well, it's. It, I don't know if that like prompted anything, or maybe you're uh, just the. I don't know. But we're having it in the Discord. I, I say we. I was uh, being in the background watching it about people like. Does anyone have any pipes that they only smoke on specific days or specific months? That oh, was a really? conversation recently. Oh, I missed and, it. Um, yeah, it was. It was. It was good. I loved it. A lot of people were like. Uh, one, one of our good friends, Kirk, he mentioned he has, I think three, I think one of them, like one for his children's birthdays and then another one for, I think his wedding anniversary that a friend gave him or something. But like, that's a great example of kind of like based on that circumstance. And yeah, uh, I think that's really cool. I, I do want that, but I don't, Ah, I I mean, it's, it's kind of a detriment. So I got, it is, I'm looking at a pipe right now across you know the way it's uh the the tinderbox uh sheraton collaboration um i got this from redeem pipes okay. it was it's a freaking beautiful beautiful pipe and i've yet to smoke it because i the reason why i purchased it was at the last mini cigar event and john david cole made this in in the flesh gave it a brilliantly wonderful oh. and and just just amazing uh presentation on sheraton and he shared, like, he opened up his heart on why Sheraton means so much to the pipe community and, and especially him. And then, of course, all the folks at the show, all the, all the sellers who had Sheratons, had them off the table during the main show. And then after that 
uh, little seminar we had. Mm-hmm. They were they placed them on the table, and that was a very special thing to me. And right. so I grabbed one because of like my connection and love for for one the little seminar and two John David, and then of course it was just a fun happening of events. It wasn't uh, like the fact that they there was far less people by the end of the show, right? Naturally. Right. And, and it right. was like, it was a no brainer to keep these and, and save them for this moment. So it was very special, but this is a beautiful pipe and I've yet to smoke it. Cause I want to smoke it in the presence of John David Cole. <laughs> like I looked at it the other day. I was like, Nope, can't smoke that. Dang. That is, that is a, that's to a detriment. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it that is. said, when it does happen, it'll be very, very wonderful, more wonderful yeah. than smoking that ever would be, you know? Right. Right. No, I definitely feel that. And it, I think it differs from something that I've had in my mind recently of like getting a specific tobacco from maybe like one of my favorites from the like birth month and year of my children and then eventually smoking it with them after, you know, 18 years or whatever. I know you have, it's 21 to buy tobacco, but I guess you can yeah, smoke no. it whenever. But, um, but yeah, anyways, I've, I've thought about that, but that's less like circumstantial. I would say that's more like, celebratory but yeah anyways christmas peterson it's cool it's cool. it's christmas <laughs> it says christmas on it as the word christmas on oh it. man i love it but uh, another thing that i honestly haven't looked up much about I, I saw some pictures again in our discord but um i've kind of been away from the instagrams and stuff recently but uh the texas pipe show happened on veterans mm-hmm. day and i uh want to hear more i i don't know if you have anything like that people have talked to you about or sent you messages on dude yeah the uh the texas pipe show was a huge success uh if you saw yes. the photos it looks small and that's because it is small for right. now that said the the enjoyment the fun the sales the just joyous time of being a pipe smoker was not small right. uh as sally uh, the pipe tart said the the biggest little pipe show uh, in, <laughs> you know of the year was uh, is the Texas pipe show that. and you know Sally goes to she's a, a reseller of fine Italian pipes uh, you can check out my factory pipe video where I talk about all my factory pipes she's uh, mentioned towards the end of the thirty ish minute episode uh, but she's a wonderful human uh, but she but she uh, she normally sells probably four to eight-ish pipes uh, on a on a weekend at you know the chicago's the vegas's and that's a pretty solid haul when you're selling when you're dealing fine italian pipes but i thought i read that she sold 11 11 pipes at the the texas pipe show and it was a one-day event and that's that's huge that's huge dude and i love that because especially when you know this podcast definitely i don't want to say favors i don't like we don't favor anything, but we do talk more often about artisan pipes. So right. to see, you know, the folks who make a, you know, their not maybe not necessarily a living, but their their joy is, you know, like for Sally, she loves Italian pipes. That's a, that's what she loves. So she wants to sell them. She wants to share them with people. So for her to do that eleven times in an afternoon is just so so wonderful, and it means yeah. a lot about the people and the community and, and where we're going with pipe smoking. And, and that's just one example. I'm pretty sure there were several artisans who sold out. People came. They were slinging money. They were enjoying it. They were having fun. There was a huge uh, pipe making, not seminar, but a little closed group um, collaboration thing. And they, a couple of the artisans made like a collaboration pipe. And a lot of folks wow. were learning. You know, you had young guys learning from the, the more experienced guys. 
dude, just a cool show that my my mom and I were talking. We're we're gonna try so hard to go, you know, knock on wood to to go to next year's uh, Texas Pipe Show. You know, get mom's gonna be at the Texas Pipe Show <laughs> with me. Uh, so yeah, if you're if you're again if you're thinking about going to a pipe show, man, you got to you got to. If get mom's thinking about it, she don't own any yeah. pipes and she's thinking about going to one. <laughs> you know, across the country. So yeah, it was great, man. It was definitely the largest they've had. Uh, like I said, tons of sales. And then one little, one little nugget I found as I was scrolling on Instagram was a, a post from Bo York. And the caption was, you'll never know who you'll run into at a pipe show. And it was John David behind him. And <laughs> it just took so long for me to like process how wholesome that was. I don't know if they planned it. I don't necessarily think so. Uh, Cause John David Cole was going to represent the country squire and and that was it, you know. And but Bo lives generally in the area. He's a little Isn't bit he in further. Houston. He's in Houston. Area? So it's a little bit further, but he happened to be in the area. Uh it, mm. he had told me the things were lining up and so he's able to sneak in and <laughs> at his it was just such like a wholesome site for the pipe community even though it was just one post and and that also almost made it more wholesome like it's right. not like they're like oh we got to do an episode and do an you know, if I yeah. like, they didn't ruin any, you know, nostalgia or excuse me, ruin any like traditiony, you know, happy send offs, but they brought back some nostalgia just, just posting that photo. And I don't know, it, it warmed my heart, man. Super bummed I didn't go to get to hang out with Bo. He's just a wonderful, you know, yeah. gent, but yeah, dude, it was, it was good. And I'm, I'm really bummed. Uh, so if you guys happen to go, let me know how it was, you know, send me your thoughts. Uh, Cause I'm, very interested. I'm very, very interested on what makes these small pipe shows really good. What makes them really bad? Where can they be better? Where can the big shows take notes from the little guys and, and, and vice versa? So very interesting to me. That's awesome, man. But other than that, what, what else we got going on? I, I haven't been smoking too, too much. I got some nice little cigars. I'm uh, about to soon, probably maybe this weekend, Got a little friends friends given this weekend with some folks. Might uh finally smoke my Smith House pipe. I oh I that's right, you haven't broken haven't, it in yet. I know I haven't broken it in, and I'm gonna let them know. Gonna shoot them a message when I do how it goes and all that because I told them I would in Vegas. But yeah, man, I've been eyeing it. You know, craving craving the pipe. That sounds yeah, weird, but but uh, it's, oh, dude, it's fall. I, I got two two or three pipes on my desk right now nice. from Vegas that I've not broken in. I think two, <laughs> you know, so like it happens. It'll happen when it happens. Yeah. There's still, there's things that I needed to do before Vegas that I've yet to do. You know what I mean? There's, yeah. it's, that's just how it goes. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been getting a lot of good learning in about pipe smoking and my enjoyment for different blends. And I've been able to diversify my portfolio a little bit. But really, dude, huge, huge um, shocker to me, and I'm sure some of you guys listening will be the port smokes. I have been loving the port smokes, Woo. and this is yeah, this is not something I've ever really put any effort or time into. Um, you know, mainly because it's summer all the time in the South, and so it's been very True. hot. When we were in Washington, my porch was kind of just dreary. It was always rainy, yeah. and it had a cover like the. There was a deck above us for the people on the apartment floor above us. It was very shadowy and dark, and we were literally looking at the wood line. So it was just not like a very conducive place for enjoyment. So 
I've always neglected it. And this is where we've talked about my, I'm a commuter pipe smoker and that will forever be the case. But man, the past weekend, when we got back from our trip, I had about three days to just enjoy being home. And, you know, normally on a long weekend, uh, after many weeks of work, you want to, it's weird. It's a double-edged sword, right? You want to enjoy your weekend by doing nothing and being relaxed, which sounds great for pipe smoking, very relaxing, very do nothing <laughs> but then you wake up in the morning it's like uh, you know i get some things that i gotta get to first i'm a little tired kind of want to snuggle on the couch watch a show or whatever and <laughs> you don't get around to it and that that's been me that's why i never ne- elected to go to the the porch but for some reason man the weather was great had a cup of coffee and brought out a couple pipes brought out a cigar and i spent yeah wife and i spent probably a total of four or five hours over over Ooh. two days two three days ish uh, outside on the porch first thing in the morning you know we, i mean we were sleeping in get get up around eight ish nine ish ten ish i'd go right outside man i know yeah, when you got kids it's a little bit harder but yeah it was it was great so i've been enjoying the pipe uh the, the porch pipe smokes um mm. to include some cigars which i still know nothing about um but <laughs> it's been a lot of fun man i'm it's because especially in the morning you get to pair that coffee and when you're you got no obligations. It's not like I got to go to work. So that's actually a huge relief because when I'm, you know, smoking my pipe or even like a little Toscano on my way to work every now and then with my coffee, it's very, very early. It's nice. It's a nice quiet commute, but it's like, it's got to end and I got to go to work. Yeah. Whereas the poor smoke, it ended when I was done and that was it. So <laughs> yeah, we ended up watching like a stand up comedy on my laptop out there. It was actually oh, a wonderful awesome. time, man. So this weekend, I'm very much looking forward to, you know, Saturday morning, you know, just waking up, stretching the arms, grabbing a cup of coffee and going to sit on my, ch- my chair outside. So yeah. very excited. Sounds, ah, oh, that sounds wonderful. That sounds wonderful, man. But thank you all for smoking and joking with us. And of course, for all of your support of the Get Pipe, Pipe Podcast. Wow. It's the first time in a while I could not say that. But the best way right now to support us is to send in all of your segment su- submissions. Send them to our Discord or send them to show at getpipe.co. But if you do want to, you know, maybe support us monetarily or just get some cool gear, whatever it may be, go ahead on over to www.getpipe.co. That's C-O, where we got our fall collection out with our winter collection, probably coming pretty soon. We'll uh, We'll get maybe some of those good heavy sweaters and some other awesome gear. But yeah, don't forget to rate and review the podcast on Apple, Spotify, and any other listening platform you got. And while you're at it, give us a follow so you never miss an episode at 4 a.m. every Thursday. We've got a great show planned this week with yet another edition of Tobacco Through Times. And following our primary topic, we'll get into some this or that's and then move into Ask Adam Anything-ish. Stay tuned. To next week as well, where we will go through some of our submissions from the community regarding last week's Pipe Dreams episode. Hell yes. Big thanks to the producer guy for the producer guy things. Now, before we move into our primary topic, I want to remind you to take a deep breath, savor this moment, kindle your flame, and pipe as you please.
So this week, we got a little bit of tobacco through time. This is a fun series. I like this one. We did it kind of recently, but you know what? It's our podcast. We can do whatever we want whenever we want it. And this is a good one. Ah, but seven weeks is not it's recent not or six, whatever it is. That's a long time. Yeah. I just you think said it's about not that much, but it's like long. It's it's in the grand scheme of life, maybe not that yeah, long. Maybe but that's what I'm saying. Six at. weeks was a long time ago. Because I was like, yeah. what do you want to do? I was like, I want to do this. And But that's it. We can you know what I mean? Like we can we can. And I love People that. love we this do. one. The folks love it. It's good because it I th- I feel like it brings out a lot of discussion from the community. You know what I mean? Like people are always like why well one is like why didn't you have this person it should have done this but it's also like oh, actually you know what i think these, <laughs> this group or whatever you know represents remember when this we better. did the legend of the pipe <laughs> did we do that this year yeah we did and it yeah, was uh, not yeah. as good or not as good yeah anyway <laughs> yeah either way last year there was someone who was so mad at us <laughs> so mad at us for not doing um uh rockwell what's his name oh uh, yeah yeah Norman. Norman Rockwell. Yeah. Now he's going to come back and he's going to be even madder that I couldn't remember his name. He was very upset. Like, almost like I'm not going to listen to the show anymore. How can can you not have. (laughs) I was like, bro, whoa, this is for fun. (laughs) I don't know. But anyway, so if you want to get mad at us for our takes on tobacco through time, this is a great (laughs) series uh, for for getting mad at things. Yeah. So in. Tobacco through time. Adam assigns types of tobaccos to groups in a specific topic. We got five. We got the Virginias, the English, the other, which is kind of the Orientals, dark fired, and anything else in between, aromatic, and burly. And then we have a discussion on why these groups capture the essence of these tobaccos. And it's a fun conversation because I think there, there's, there can be room for disagreement, which I think is always good in, in growth. Maybe not even disagreement, but just great discussion. But if you want more, go check out the GP bookshelf at episodes 91, 75, and 64. Those are kind of the latest ones we got. But Adam, what topic do we have today? Today is actually a really fun one, and it's called Really Epic Eras. (laughs) (laughs) What does that even mean? (laughs) I don't know if that was just coherent but really epic eras we oh. we were we, it started with cowboys right i was like what what do we call that like american cool cool things in america cool timelines cool. <laughs> yeah. we were like well i guess it was somewhat of an era maybe a short era albeit but so the the original plan was maybe we do some american eras but then we did american foods last week so you know we're yeah. going to be doing worldly eras and na- ma- namely and mainly the cool ones uh, so, so some really, some really quote, really epic eras for today are going to be, uh, the American wild west. We're talking our cowboys and, you know, sheriffs and maybe bad native peoples of, uh, indigenous peoples of America. And, uh, we're also going to be talking about the European medieval era. That one is Omega big, uh, but we'll, we're going to kind of, we'll, we'll talk it. We'll talk it. Yeah. And, yeah, we'll uh, Caribbean piracy. And that's that's pirates, not the stealing of movies uh, and <laughs> Egyptian pharaohs. That one's always cool. Everyone loves the pharaohs and cats. And, you know, there, there's a lot of conspiracies pyramids. about them, them pyramids and, and whatnot. Ooh, but, uh, and then also our final era, which we didn't really have like a name. So we, we're going with man in cave age era. 
man in cave age era. (laughs) So the day when man was in cave, that's, that's going to be our fifth and final era. So ideally here, we're going to kind of talk about what, what tobacco would be best Mm. suited for (laughs) the folks, the people, the timelines, the events that were in this era. All right. Well, let's do it. We got the American Wild West first. We're going to go through this one. The American Wild West, spanning from around 1865 to 1895, is an era of American history famed for its tales of outlaws, lawmen, and frontier justice. Picture the expensive. Picture the expansive, untamed landscapes from plains to canyons and deserts peppered with burgeoning towns and isolated settlements. Key highlights include that good old gold rush of 1848 igniting a mass migration westward with dreams of prosperity, the monumental completion of the Transcontinental Railroad in 1969 connecting the West to the rest of the country. Think of legendary figures like Wyatt Earp, Billy the Kid, who blurred the lines between heroism and villainy and the tragic conflicts with Native Americans as settlers encroached on their lands. Cowboys on long cattle drives, the rough life of homesteaders, and the rowdy ambiance of saloons define the cultural tapestry of this era. Though the Wild West era ended with the advancement of law and order and the declaration of the closed frontier in 1890, its legacy endures, symbolizing the rugged individualist spirit and shaping America's cultural identity. This chapter of history, where myth and reality intertwine, continues to captivate and embodies the essence of adventure and unyielding human spirit. So, Adam, what do we got? What tobacco are we talking? So there's uh, part of this game we play here is to decide what other options we have, right? And and what best fits the tobacco. So okay. we're, we're kind of gaming it a little bit, but... But this one is probably the, one of the most fitting. This one was the simplest for me, American Wild West. You know, okay. we're talking about outlaws. We're talking about lawmen, you know, very little of them. Hence, the law, the outlaws existing, <laughs> uh, you know, just dude, this. What a cool time where the expansion like we were just like, oh, what's our what's our job today? Go that way. Pointing west <laughs> for just hours. Discover thing. Discover on your horse. Dude. Just, you know, saddlebags riding sores and your cool hat and just burning in the sun and probably dehydrated as hell because you were drinking like really poor moonshine or whiskey. <laughs> yeah, literally, because you didn't have warm beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and yeah, and then you're just like we said, you're homesteading, you know, the there's just men getting after building railroads. So to to help with what we've already ex- discovered and maybe make it a little bit quicker of a destination, um, you know, these it's just these frontier towns. It is such a cool thought in my head. And I, I, everyone loves a good, you know, spaghetti Western film. Um, and there's, this is going to be part inspired by those films. Right. But I got to go with the other category here. Uh, just kind of knock it out right off oh, the rip. So typically okay. we, we have like our, right. Our dark fires our maybe our Orientals is like our grab bag uh, option. So it's, it's really good to apply to ones that I don't really know the answer to, but but again, this one really, really fits. Um, and I'm actually kind of expanding our, our other category because while this is a pipe smoking podcast, we're we're fans of tobacco. There's a lot of good tobacco out there that's not just in the form of pipe tobacco. Uh, so 
you could argue this is like a you could argue this is like a, a quality chew, right? You could argue this is a, a hand rolled oh. cigarette. Oh, you know, dark. you know, fine Virginia, you know, and then of course, like a dark fired rolled cigar, like a Toscano, maybe, maybe <laughs> namely the one that, uh, you know, Clint Eastwood would smoke in all of his films. So, you know, this, this is just like, uh, I guess I'm applying it really to that era of, uh, tobacco, you know, early American tobacco outside of, you know, the pipes while pipes were certainly prevalent and pipe tobacco has always been <clears throat> prevalent throughout, you know, American history. There was a huge push for like a chew, you know, maybe it was like a plug, uh, like a quality plug tobacco. You just rip a, you know, you gnaw off a, a bite of this brick um, or it was like a, a hand rolled cigarette. You know, cigarettes in, in production began around this time, but for the most part, it was probably dudes just rolling um, like a, a somewhat of a Virginia leaf, a cheap Virginia leaf for sure. Um, but but I feel like that and cigars and some kind of rolled tobacco was was slash would be a great fit. So I'm not this is less about like, oh, yeah, this is historically accurate, but it's more of like yeah, right. it just feels right. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, I and of course, there is a legitimate uh, portion of, of of history this, that works with this particular um, classification. But, dude, like just imagine like your cowboys, your outlaw. I feel like cowboys just be smoking, you know, like a, a nice hand rolled cigarette, your outlaw smoking like a a dark fired cigar or something, you know, just that, that's what I'm thinking. And then, and then your lawman doing absolutely nothing, just like hands <laughs> in pockets, just spitting like <laughs> they're chew yeah. <laughs> into, into the, uh, what's that called? Like the, the spittoon. Kind yeah. Of, <laughs> we, we talked about this before. Cause still don't know the, uh, but I don't know, you know, just going into a, a saloon, you know, grabbing a, a cheap whiskey and, you know, lighting up some kind of cigarette or a, a cigar. Um, you know, or or I guess like a dark fire, like a pure, you know, more of a burly dark fire blend. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just that's that's the essence. You know, we're talking outlaws taking names, you know, putting bounties on an outlaws heads by the lawmen. Just seeing a freaking buffalo <laughs> that wasn't seen before just walking around. Yeah, I you took a different path than I thought you were going to take with this one. You know what I mean? I, I think that there's an idea in a lot of people's heads of probably what they thought it was going to be. And I'm happy it wasn't because the the idea, when I think of the uh, like the Wild West, I think of f- like fast paced, you're just going, I don't, I don't really, I mean, obviously there were pipes involved, but I think more of these kind of like the ease things that you had yeah you had your cigarettes you had your cigars and like yeah you just stuck some tobacco in your mouth and just went and that that expansion of the other category i kind of like that and i think it if it definitely fits with this age but we got our next one we got our european medieval so so to put your mind right to, to kind of put you in this age the european medieval age stretching from the 5th to the late 15th century was a time of knights, castles, and feudalism. This era witnessed the rise of monarchies, the spread of Christianity, and of course, the Crusades. It was an age of both cultural and intellectual awakening and great strife marked by events like the Black Death. Contrary to the Dark Ages stereotype, it was a period of significant agricultural, commercial, and cultural advancement, laying the groundwork for the Renaissance. 
The medieval period, with its mix of chivalry, conflict, and cultural evolution, has left an enduring impact on Western history and continues to captivate the modern imagination. It really does. But let's imagine some more. What, what tobacco do you think is represented by the European medieval age and era? I think a lot of folks would probably get me think I'm going to pull the Burley card um, if okay. I didn't already apply it to the American West. Ah, yeah. uh, but this, I feel like outside of the word European, you know, English is a great tobacco category uh, for the medieval era. Uh, you know, when we say it, the medieval era was, in fact, in Europe, right? I mean, it, it right. expanded a little bit towards the Middle East um, and into the Middle East for sure. And, and arguably the, you know, obviously the Far East in, in Asia uh, with, with dynasties over there and you had feudal Japan and, you know, like there there's feudalism across the world, uh, which was right. a key element of the medieval era, right? Uh, and I'm no history teacher, right? And I know very little about the things that I do know, uh, but I have a you big imagination. Skyrim, so. I played Skyrim, yeah. And I played <laughs> Morrowind, and I played the one in between, Oblivion. Uh, but no, for for real, man. And, and, and I, that would actually, I would argue the fantasy RPG video games and even the, the books and films, like that adds to this. I think that kind of adds to this medieval okay. feel. Like it doesn't have to be just, you know, the bare bones you know, everyone talking like this. Yeah. (laughs) Rooms lit by candles, but I mean, they were, but candles are not very bright, but in a film, they're pretty bright, you know? (laughs) Um, but you know, like there's, you know, with the fall of like the Roman empire, we, we found the world found this like middle period where it was trying to expand culture and technologies and architecture. And it did very, little in any of those realms save the architecture <laughs> right like it was just a long period and they call it dark ages for a region to a reason too um at least the other portion of it um but and then there was like a huge plague that killed a mega lot of people uh the bubonic plague also known as the black death you know just absolutely crushed europe um you know with widespread death there was a b- bunch of social upheaval so there was a hundred years war I think that's so funny. <laughs> they called it the Hundred Years War. That is so actually, long. Was it actually a hundred years? Do you know? Uh, it was from thirteen thirty-seven to fourteen fifty. I think it was longer. Interesting. You fact checking oh me right now? Wait, I am. But did you know there was a second Hundred Years War? Was it another 100 years? <laughs> no, is there? Seriously? I didn't know that. that. Yeah. It, uh, Are they lumped together? The Hundred Years War uh, from nine, th- excuse me, from 1337 That's what I said. to okay. 1453. Oh, shit. Did you get it right? Close. I said 1450, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, 1453. 116 years, four months, three weeks, and four days between the kingdoms of England and France. France, right, yeah. Yeah. Now, Why? <laughs> yeah, like a hundred years. Now I want to see what the second okay, here we go. Second hundred years war. We're going on a great tangent here. I don't know what happens in the second one. I just know in the first was, one there was like oh the Battle gosh, of Agincourt. It was longer. It was longer? Was it two hundred years? <laughs> 
1689 to November 1815. Wild. Damn, that was like so, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? The, <laughs> the wow. Second Hundred Years' War is a periodization uh, or historical era term used by some historians to describe a series of military conflicts around the globe between Great Britain and France that occurred from about 1689 to 1815. Oh, that's crazy. So it's like, yeah, man, there's like no comparison nowadays. Cause like, I feel like the, the idea, Ah, there's probably one comparison maybe going on. Yeah. Oh yeah. In the middle East. That's fair. But it's I mean, true. yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. It is. That's fair. All right. Take my statement back. I mean, that's been going on for, I feel like what, what do we got? 40 something years at this point? 40, I guess since the 40s. Way more though. than that. Since the 40s. 80, but but the, even that, I mean, outside of that particular conflict, yeah. you know, there's just always been conflict, um, I know. you know, for thousands of years. In that, in that general we, area. But anyway, back to. Back yeah, the back medieval to- period, man, dude. What a crazy period! Like, you know, uh, with film and in books, they they very much fantasize, which I love and I appreciate. You know, mm-hmm. the idea of like the the knight and the templar, and then just like absolute massive battles and sieges. And sieges were quite rare, uh, and they were generally unsuccessful because it's a uh, oh yeah, a fucking castle. <laughs> Have you been in a castle, bro? Yes. They are insane. Unreal. Like we were, of course, in Ireland, uh, we we were saw two. One was super gone; <laughs> it was just <laughs> just erased, pretty much. So it was just barely any stone. But but just feeling the like three foot wide stone used, like other than I mean, obviously it was gone. So I guess it did something worked. But um, <laughs> you know, for hundreds and hundreds of years, it just started to degrade. But we went into another one, uh, the the Blarney Castle, the one where you kiss the stone. That castle is insane. Oh my god! I like. Oh my gosh! When you're in a damn castle, and I, I all I wanted to do is see where they like peed and pooed, and it's like because I knew it was just a hole throughout right. the the castle, and it was so cool that they still had them. Um, but for did the you, most part, that castle. No, I wanted to so bad, so bad, but there actually wasn't any sign saying that I couldn't. Ooh. So maybe I could have, but I've always I'm, been like. Time to go I mean, they, they got rid of the benches. Um, so that's about we, I actually have a photo. I'll post in the Discord. This okay. one for sure, I'll actually post uh, of me squatting down in, in front of uh, oh, okay. clothes on. But it was a, it was a wholesome moment because the first castle, there's it was basically just remnants. Um, and we were lo- I was looking so hard for the toilets. Like I'm like, where would it have been? Like like where? I think it might have been here. I couldn't find anything, and I was happy to find it in our last castle. Um, but but do they? architecturally absolutely incredible and those things are dense and i would not if i had like some cloth armor you know maybe a gambeson and some chain over my head uh and a poorly fitted iron pot atop my hair you know <laughs> i don't know if i'd want to go siege that thing Be so like, uh, not today yeah not and and a lot of times that's what they said <laughs> a lot, they would even like camp out this was very common they would camp out uh, like armies would camp out of a castle um, really to try to like starve their supply lines, um, which worked most of the time, like preventing the need for a siege. Uh, but every now and then they, they'd just be like, eh, you know, just, we'll do know it tomorrow. Do. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but 
you know, and then I think I'd mentioned a moment ago, like the Battle of Agincourt, uh, those some of these like these massive night battles, which weren't frequent, but when they did, very few people died by sword, right? Because <laughs> you're wearing full plate armor like swords don't just magically go oh, through that. Yeah. And every you know, m- most casualties were from suffocation. <laughs> just that's it, you know, like because everyone's just getting trampled and it's just people are like dying from the heat, you know, fighting in the summer with that's full... Wild you know 115 pounds of steel on you and iron on you (laughs) there was a we went to a brewery this weekend met up with some friends there was this group called was it the dogs of war and they like battled with blunt objects one another dressed in full armor and stuff of that and stuff like that and uh it was hilarious seeing a bunch of like semi buzzed to drunk people just like cheering on these literal massive human beings dressed in full like metal steel armor oh, or, like, or whatever like, it was they yeah. looked like knights and they looked like yeah oh, they were battling dude it i wanted so to do that cool. so bad you'd, There's, you'd um, probably crush it dude i know the <laughs> the um the olympia or like the arnold schwarzenegger mm. maybe not the olympia but the arnold schwarzenegger Sh- arnold schwarzenegger does these uh like this open i don't know what it's called the arnold i guess it's probably called the arnold um and they added recently like medieval fighting and it's the exact same thing like you're in a ring and they're obviously the the items are blunt but you when a blunt item is being swung at you as hard as it can dude it's dangerous right yeah you actually have to know how to fight uh that was like you'd crush it is that what you're saying another thing is like who because who's doing that? Oh, probably not the fittest, like, yeah, you know, folks. Probably not. Probably some honest. beer drinkers, and I'm one of yeah, them, but yeah. but people maybe maybe a little bit bigger of a gut, you know? I feel oh, like yeah. I'm a little bit more agile. And, you know, I, I could. My, yeah, my buddy and I were saying, like, they are definitely not CrossFit people or athletes or, you know, they. Exactly. You would look at them and be like, I th- what, what do we say? Like, on the beach, you'd be like, okay. But then in the ring, you see these folks and you're like, yeah, I'm going to die. Like my, my oh, pretty, sure. my pretty little show muscles don't really uh, mean much oh, yeah, when yeah. you're carrying around what, 30, 40 pounds or more of, you know, armor. And then you're wielding this, you know, semi heavy oh, yeah. you know, object you're swinging around. So, I mean, and that was like, dude, I, I think I could do it. You know, I've, 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 cons- I've had a hearty amount of Guinness in my day. Um, you know, Guinness <laughs> gives you strength. I, I would, I would do well. Um, and I do all those other sports. So, you know, those folks probably True. very likely aren't doing it. Um, so I'm yeah. like a kind of an anomaly where I'm kind of doing, I would love to do both. Anyway, we're kind of, we're, we're good tangents, diverging a little bit. Good tangent for sure. Back. We're still talking about medieval, but let's talk about Latakia. So <laughs> the whole point of our English tobacco, right? Um, so you know, Latakia is a, a Turkish Oriental varietal. Um, it's called Smyrna. Smyr, Smyr, Smyrna. Yeah. Um, this is a uh, basically uh, the way it works is now only in Cyprus, formerly in in um, um, three, two, one, Syria, Syria. Uh, Syrian Latakia. <laughs> um, you know, formerly in Syria, but now in Cyprus, uh, it's basically you're hanging these big leaves. Uh, in barns uh, and then you're using like a smoldering fire to to slow on the floor right on the floor to slowly smoke uh, from uh, small slow whoa 
You got it. I'm so hyped up thinking about <laughs> men wearing armor and throwing hard, blunt objects at me. Um, this <laughs> You slowly <laughs> smoke this tobacco, um, and it becomes like very black. That's not because it's very strong. It's just because it's been smoked. Um, and this is naturally going to give a smoky flavor, just like if you were to smoke a, a meat. It has that wooden smokiness to the, the to the palate, and that's what Latakia does for us. Um, so as we mentioned, in kind of birthplace in Syria, no more. We're, we're sticking with the Cyprian Latakia, which is different because of, of course, the land where it was grown. So if you do have any Syrian Latakia, you are blessed uh, to this day, and you won't see it probably ever, ever, ever again. Um, but but yeah, man, this is a phenomenal tobacco, and, and we now attribute it to English blends. Uh, that said, we've you've probably heard of like an Oriental forward blend that might still have Latakia. Uh, I would argue it, it would have to be a very small, very, very small amount uh, just to say it's an Oriental. Once you get to the point where it's like, oh, I smell Latakia, typically we refer to those as English blends. Mm. And then you could argue a Balkan blend is also um, an English blend because it's made out of a ton of Latakia. Uh, there's some people who think it's completely different. I'm of the mind that Alkin is a heavy Latakia. Anyway, that's what we're going with with our Latakia. And why does that fit well with the mid- medieval period, man? I just feel like you, when, I, when you go into a castle, the first thing I wanted was a, a very dark, rich, smoky mm. tobacco. Like I, yeah. I was looking at a fireplace, like these grand fireplaces that had to be grand so they could heat the damn thing because stone is, <laughs> uh, oh yeah, cold and there ain't fair. no heat. Other than that fire, uh, so m- many rooms would have fireplaces, and man, dude, just sitting, sitting, my robes and my my wool and my linens, my tunic, <laughs> you know, with the feet up, you know, just smoking a a, a long church wardeny pipe with a English tobacco. I just it just felt so right, even though I didn't even get that opportunity. Uh, that that felt very fitting, and and as we talk about these, you know, the great expanse of the medieval period, you can't help but attribute um, or at least correlate the vast expanse of Latakia in pipe tobacco. There's a bajillion of them. There's a bajillion different blends with Latakia and you know it's it's very interesting. It just it it has such a wide variety of uh power because of the way it marries with different tobaccos. Um it, it really does a little bit goes a long way and a lot of it goes a long way. It's it's very interesting. Uh, you know, you could find a different proportion for every blend and, and it's going to be very, very wonderful in, in some capacity. If you're a fan of it, some people absolutely detest it. Some people can't even stand it. Uh, well, you know what people can stand the black plague that sucked. Uh, yeah, the hundred years war and the hundred years war part two. That sucks. So, you know, there's, there's some, war. it works. You like it or you don't, you know, some people didn't like being serfs, you know, haven't asked permission to have a day off when <laughs> your Lord was. Always having a day up. Uh, excuse me, surf. You need to be in the field today. Why are you at the market? Get in the field. <laughs> Get the- so. But yeah, man. All right. Well, that sounds good. I I think the the castle aspect. I can see just like that. It's also going to be like I don't know. I feel like musty in those places. And, and oh yeah, like yeah. So <laughs> you want? Some, There's got to be some- a reek going on. Yeah. So like. When I smell an English or think about an English, it just envelops the whole room, if that it makes does. sense. So, Positively. 
Yeah, I would say very positively. And I would want that in this musty kind of, I don't want something light and airy. I want something strong and, and steady in this castle to kind of, it, it might even like meld with the musty muskiness of it and like make it good. I don't know. I've never smoked the English or Latakia in a castle. So I would know, have no idea. But I think uh, I think it definitely definitely fits there. But well, like we we think of aromatics as like the best room note, best smelling, but mm. it's light. It's always light, and you can smell like a you could. <laughs> it's gonna be you gross, sp- but if if <laughs> how about this? If I cooked a meal that smelled bad, cabbage, love cabbage, also something that they probably cooked in a medieval castle. Yeah, um, cabbage doesn't smell too great, right? When it's when it's no. boiling, no. even though it's so good. Um, but an aromatic just wouldn't do it. It wouldn't no. cover that smell. You'd smell aromatics and you'd smell cabbage. I feel like of all the tobaccos over Burley, over a Virginia, over, you know, a hand rolled cigarette, uh, an Oriental, <laughs> whatever. I think specifically the Latakia, that, that deep English earthy, smoky, you know, charred smell would certainly overcome yeah. that, that boiling cabbage. I agree. And it's, one of those ones that smells more like a campfire than a campfire. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's why, that's why, you know, English is, English is work in this case. So we got, we got that, but our next one, the Caribbean piracy age. Ooh, this is my favorite. I, and I'm not even like a big pirate guy. I just like the idea of the age, if that makes sense. Just like, it's like the, caribbean wild west essentially literally yeah it is (laughs) but uh when you're when you're thinking about adam's description about this piracy age think about a it it flourishing from the late 16th to early 18th century it was an era defined by daring sea robbers who haunted the waters of the caribbean the american coastline and the west african coast this period, often romanticized in popular culture, was marked by the infamous exploits of pirates like Blackbeard, Calico Jack, and Anne Bonny. These pirates, often operating with the tacit approval of European governments, targeted the lucrative trade routes and treasure-laden ships of the time. The era was characterized by its unique blend of lawlessness, adventure, and the quest for treasure, set against the backdrop of colonial expansion and maritime trade. The golden age of piracy came to a decline as naval forces grew stronger and piracy became less tolerated. Despite its brief span, the age left a lasting legacy, maritime history inspiring countless tales of high seas adventures and freedom. So this is a fun age, another fun one. What tobacco do you think encompasses the Caribbean piracy era? Yeah, so there's definitely a a fan fantastification fan fantastification mm. yeah that's you know what i'm right. trying to say yeah uh, of of the pirates right like especially with you know pirates of the caribbean kind of stuff is it weird that i say like oh i oh it is i used to say pirates of the caribbean is it caribbean or caribbean i say caribbean i think it's what, when i say also, pirates of the caribbean i say pirates of the caribbean but i think but i would go s- to the caribbean yeah yeah it might be like <laughs> Why is that? Is it? It's like pe- pecan pie and pecans, or pecan, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, pecan pie, whatever it is. I don't know. I think it's just within the context of certain situations. And American vernacular is so weird, like that. Like I, I have think a, Caribbean is just wrong. 
I think it is too. And that's why but, like Americans like, oh, Pirates of the Caribbean. We got to go see it. So I say Pirates of the Caribbean and I say, you know, the Caribbean. Yeah. Anyway. Because I feel like Pirates of the Caribbean is more like Pirates of the Caribbean. Like it's like fun. Like, you know, I think of fun <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, okay. I don't when know, I think maybe. of the Pirates of the Caribbean. Anyways. What do we got? Give <laughs> us your thoughts on that. I'm curious what other folks say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this age from like what the 1650s to 1750s, maybe a yeah, little bit 18. earlier. Um, you know, it wasn't as fantastical as the tales tell us, right? Like there was definitely a problem with piracy. Uh, there were definitely some famous pirates, um, but but for the most part, like it was difficult to <laughs> have a, your ship get next to another ship without crashing into each other and board <laughs> them and kill them and steal all their stuff. Like there was a lot of probably standstill kind of things. And it was like, Hey, give us all your stuff or we're going to be really mad at you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, there, I'm sure there were some pretty crazy pirate battles. Um, you know, one problem, especially this is something we found in Ireland too. I mean, this is the, the world, but we saw it firsthand is um, like wreckage. Right. And, mm. You know, at least with the water, sometimes like the deep pressure of waters um, can preserve wood. But for the most part, wood is not not a good thing. Wood is not yeah, good no. for the water, right? No. Or rather, water is not good for the wood. It's going to deteriorate very fast. Um, and, and the same thing with, you know, history. Like, that's why we know nothing about like the Vikings nowadays, because it is built with wood and, you know, and, and haze and stuff. And like, so we, there's. There's just no real knowledge of like what their settlements really, really looked like. Um, I mean, for the most part, I mean, that's I say that loosely, but, you know, we, we don't we, it's hard to track these these ship battles. Right. Because one, they sunk really, really far. We would have had no idea where they occurred into just deterioration of um, of of wood and, of course, flags and, and whatnot, cloths, whatever. Anyway, uh, but there was still some truth to it right there was like codes there was pirate codes there was like clans i guess you might say and maybe that's not the right word but there was you know your pirate team what do you say like i'm gonna join the the gang maybe i don't know a pirate the gang g- a gang of pirates that's probably what it is yeah like right? the gang way isn't that something um i don't know i'm just like like it's not like yeah. you're joining the new england patriots pirate team pirate you're, you're joining group. the gang you're joining yeah the group maybe i don't know whatever it is I'm, there was there was some rival pirates. I mean, yeah, there were definitely pirate gangs. Where yeah, they... yeah, there we go. So gang is the word. <laughs> um, but but um, yeah, man. So basically, you just sailed the seas, and there was you know this desire to make your living off of not just stealing and killing, uh, but also probably a little bit uh, like agriculture or not agriculture, but um, like fishing, harvesting, mm. and. Like there was more to just going out looking for a box of treasure. Like I don't know how truthful that is. Um, you know, they're not every when you join the gang, you get the map with the X X. You're like, oh, kind of thing. <laughs> we got to go to this location. Um, it, <laughs> yeah, we must sail up three dashes and then west three dashes. <laughs> it's like a, and then a we'll CFP's find. Yeah, CFE, what a great video game. Um, yeah, I don't think CFPs was was quite. Um, you know, was quite legitimate in the sense of the the tale of pirates. But, um, you know, there were, as we mentioned, there were famous pirates, right? You had the Blackbeards, the, the you know, Captain Kids, uh, and, 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 and Bonnie, and Bonnie, and Bonnie, yeah, and Bonnie. Uh, Calico Jack, 
um, you know, just like really cool stuff out there who dudes who did some and ladies who did some crazy stuff. Uh, and then the best part was they were like at war to a degree with the like the Royal Navy. Um, I thought that was really cool. But um, they were also like hired by was it they were hired yeah. by the Royal Navy? Dude, or it was like, like American. Dude, it was such a corrupt so cr- thing because it wasn't an organization, right? Um, but yeah, all I know is if you weren't if you weren't on the end, you didn't want to sail across certain waters, right? <laughs> you know, whether it was like this strait or you know the Red Sea or the Gulf, Persian Gulf. Like I don't know, like you 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 would have had to Wherever have like a guide or be a part of a team to get through certain certain places, or you'd have to pay some kind of tax or get killed. Uh, one of the two, <laughs> or your 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 ships uh, forfeit. But anyway, so with this age outside of just piracy, um, there was a great deal of sailing, both uh, from America, you know, like this this new world. I mean back to um you know europe and in other locations right you know the sailing and searching for india um you know there was there was a lot and folks liked tobacco and and how did we do that by pressing them pressing them rolling them twisting them and i can't help but assign the the virginia tobacco to this because that was very this is a very historically accurate one um and when you're a when you're when you're a pirate man, you can't like I just you're not enjoying an aromatic tobacco, right? You might you're the the most aromatic you have is from the the molasses, the rum, any kind mm. of spices you add to the tobacco, which was more of a way to keep it from spoiling uh, over these long journeys. That was the true, you know, navy tobacco. Um, you know, and and what better Virginia than a navy tobacco, right? A navy flake or what what we call a navy cut um is basically it's a burly tobacco, but, um, you know, there's, there's also Virginia there. Um, you can have a little bit of like burly's kind of in, in most things, but, uh, whether it's burly or, or, or a primary Virginia, I'm still giving it this Virginia category because you'll find that they took this, uh, this either the burly or the Virginia tobacco and they would, this is where we found rope tobacco. Essentially they would, uh, tie it very, very tightly. Um, and then they would again, throw the, the rum or molasses, and, and other kind of sugary sol- solutions, maybe like a sugar water uh, to, to try to keep these uh, from spoiling. Um, and another thing is they'd be pressed. They'd be pressed, pressed, pressed. Uh, and that's how we kind of have cakes and, 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 and thicker flakes. And yeah, I don't know. It just was a great way to travel with tobacco. And this was another way that you could just grab your tobacco um, and either smoke it or just chew it or um, maybe some form of like a, a cigarette or something but for the most part i would bet it was probably just just chewed uh if if they're going to smoke on or excuse me if they're going to consume the tobacco en route but th- i mean realistically when when traveling these were going to a location to where they would then be smoked um you know by like the aristocrats and the, the, the colonizers man. exactly until it, it eventually spread to you know all folks but dude if you had a navy flake, a navy cut, it's just it's good. It's it's normally nowadays you'll find them with just a little bit of rum added, um, and it just adds just a slight sweetness to, um, you know, a, a delicious tobacco. I think of um, you know Windjammer, um, Navigator. Both of those are from GLPs. Uh, both insinuate some kind of a, a travel, a voyage over the seas, and those are both uh, very very delicious Virginia tobaccos with. Um, uh, with some uh, some rum added, I believe. I believe both of them have rum. I don't know if Windjammer does, but 
Pretty sure. Pretty sure a little bit. Anyway, I taste rum, so that counts. So sue me if it's not. Um, but but dude, yeah, I I think uh, we're we're going a little bit historical on this one uh, with the with the pirates and dude rum. Everyone knows the privates. Why do I say privates? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the privates. Too. The privates also. But everyone know love the rum. the privates and the pirates love rum. And uh, man, you know, remember when uh, what's his face Jack goes? Why is the rum gone? You know, there was that was a big problem. Yeah, it is a big problem. But kind of going on, not necessarily the fantasy, but just going off Virginia's, I, I also know and think about the citrusy side of the Virginia's. So that kind of makes me think about just all the citrus maybe they had Ooh, on these, okay, yeah, these yeah. boats. Yeah, you know what I mean? All right. Like little Damn, oranges. Look at you. Lemons. Yeah, I'm getting deep here, man. I'm I'm growing. We're nearing that episode one hundred. So it's like the the producer guy is, is kind of diving deep into it. But it's uh it's really fun to to think about them smoking the English or uh, the uh, English Virginia tobaccos. They're they're lighter, definitely better for the sea, better for traveling, I would say. And uh, they're in you're, they're they're said to be smoked in the summer, correct? And uh, I think at the the Caribbean, it's always hot. It's always warm. oh yeah. You kind of okay. want something a little easier to smoke there. So I'm just I'm, you're three for three, man. I, I I'm not really disagreeing here. I, I don't know if, if other folks at this point would disagree either, but we, we still got two more. And uh, the next one is our Egyptian pharaoh age, the, the age of the pharaohs. So when you're, when you're listening, think of this age where it was the area of ancient Egyptians, powerful rulers, and it spanned over three millennia. So we're talking 3,000 years marked by remarkable stability and cultural achievements. This period saw the construction of iconic monuments like the Great Pyramids, allegedly, and the Sphinx, allegedly, reflecting the <laughs> pharaoh's <laughs> immense power and religious beliefs. Pharaohs like Tutankhamun, Ramses II, and Cleopatra VII became legendary for their reigns, which encompassed monumental building projects, extensive trade networks, and significant diplomatic and military campaigns. The pharaohs were considered divine entities central in the complex Egyptian religious and social order. Their legacy includes advancements in art, architecture, mathematics, and medicine, deeply influencing subsequent civilizations. So that's the backdrop for this one. Kind of like huge. If you think, I don't often think about the Egyptian age, but kind of what they brought to everything in this world is super, super influential and really oh, yeah. cool. When you dive into it, I, I think uh, the uh, the I guess it's in not Gaza, but where are the pyramids? Yeah, pyramids are in the what's the capital of Egypt? I'm, I'm just drawing a blank. I have anyways, no clue. Anyways, they just opened this awesome museum, giant, huge museum to to house a lot of this Egyptian history stuff, and uh, I, I would love to go one day to learn all about it. Cairo. Cairo, there we go. I think oh, yeah, I did know it. <laughs> yeah. Um, really, uh, what, what's really funny is if you look at like, whenever you see photos of like the pyramids, it's um, it's very, oh, Egyptian pharaohs, yeah. you know, sand, slaves built these allegedly. Uh, and, you know, it's just this crazy old, you know, period from what, the year... 3100 negative. BC, you know what I mean? 3100, yeah. To other time BC. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like a, 
it's it it looks that way and then you you flip like the camera and it's mega massive city hotels very pop yeah yeah like people (laughs) so there's probably a lot so in america a lot of americans probably think that egypt is just this this people who are still like riding camels and yeah you know Desert worshiping cats and i'm worshiping cats but yeah no it's like a very extremely beautiful location um and it's well that whole area was like such a cradle for civilization like the whole the cradle Nile. of well so, that what was, was that mesopotamia, so mesopotamia that was, yeah okay. yeah more uh, probably I mean, like yeah, not too far it's yeah, far not, but it's not, not too, too far. far but the nile basin the whole nile region is super fertile and it's like whenever you look on a map like a google map of egypt it's like brown yellow sand dirt and then just like this tiny little sliver of green right along the river it's uh, yeah really cool well but as we look at like the the pharaohs right we we talked about king tut you and i the other day uh randomly and I asked you what he was known for and we didn't know the answer. So we just looked it up and I knew he was a young Pharaoh and I thought maybe that's what it was, but like he didn't, I mean, our records are very like our knowledge of uh, our history of knowledge and history of the Pharaohs is, is quite limited, right? They did write some stuff down. One of the first language systems, one of the first forms of what paper uh, and, and writing was, was very, you know, that's, it's attributed to this time and these people, but it's it's like our our current understanding and interpretation, but basically his his big thing was just his his uh, tomb had his been tomb. untouched, and that was it. Like I was like, oh, I thought he like did some cool stuff. Maybe he, I mean, I'm sure he did. Yeah, but, he probably did. But I thought he, I think I was reading that he died kind of early and was not very favorable. Again, <laughs> when you're young, like young people aren't really good at leading nations <laughs> or Whole, at least like millions of peoples. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, but that said, uh, there's no denying how how cherished the pharaohs were, um, and even the the higher class of society. This is one of the first, um, you know, societies where we know that there was like this, um, you know, this structure with like a you know an upper class and like a lower class, and they uh, they they bought heavily into that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when we talk about this period, we are kind of looking at the age of the pharaoh with a lens specifically on the pharaoh maybe the folks on the, the upper end of the the pyramid of uh of class and caste systems uh so i i think the best tobacco here would be aromatic man you know y- y- there's uh, some legitimacy between them uh worshiping and cherishing animals specifically the cat i think that's a, a really cool thing that they that they had who knows why maybe it was ancient alien cats coming down to build the pyramids for them and, and align them perfectly with all the stars and the Northwest South or whatever it is. Um, and then like there was the Sphinx, which is some weird man cat thing, which is, I, I, I'm, I would imagine this is just both of these things between the pyramids and then the Sphinx, just this incredible eyesight, like to, to be able to lay right. your eyes upon those must be very moving um, to think that, maybe potentially allegedly a person you know or a group of people made them <laughs> um but but i was reading that maybe the the sphinx wasn't supposed to be a like a man's head and it's like cat face fell off and oh. it just happens to look like i can i saw like a pretty interesting thing but yeah you know. like there was there was another like 
maybe not marble, but like like sandstone or something. Yeah, that really like broke nice off and it yeah, ended up yeah. looking just like you know a, a man ish face, um, woman ish face. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to to tell, yeah. but either way, very incredible. But uh, the 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 higher class folks were were certainly a. Uh, people who did worship finer things naturally being i'm sure the folks at the lower end weren't very a fan like they didn't have an opportunity to to appreciate finer things but but i think like an aromatic tobacco just kind of enca uh, encapsulates the idea of joy and maybe even like a uh, you know an elegance to a degree like it's okay. this is a very whimsical and Ooh, maybe whimsical. uninformative kind of like our podcast but uh, it is a quite whimsical, uh, you know, tobacco and the scents are very um, encouraging. And, you know, I think of a higher class people would probably want to smell good. And that's actually true. We found that they they started messing around with like perfumes. Yeah. Um, you know, was this was that. like a this was a culture that started focusing on beauty, um, especially for for females, but even males like in, in, in their own regard. Um, so I, I feel like the aromatic tobacco fits really, really well with this one. Um, and it's like, dude, cats, they're happy. They're go lucky. In my opinion, you know, <laughs> if you think they're evil, you're wrong and, you know, get a new personality trade, but, um, yeah, <laughs> aromatic's great, man. I, I couldn't help but think exactly what you said about the perfume aspect of, um, this Egyptian sort of I, Pharaoh age. I wonder if they actually smelled good. Or if they just smelled good at the time around a like a, a society that was always in the hot sun and, and like <laughs> no no plumbing and no like yeah that. no no Another, soaps really I mean yeah. I mean they tried to invent some but right but yeah, I I also th I also thought of like a lot of the trade route stuff we're thinking like spices oh and, yeah uh, yeah a lot of trading other, with other cultures yeah a lot of good sense you know mixed in with the bad but I I. I couldn't help but think of those two things in particular that like the spice and trade route stuff and the perfumes and that just brought out the aromatic. Like I wanted, I wish I could go back in time and just like smell a cherry aromatic amongst, you know, the, the Egyptian city of Cairo and or whatever it was before that. And I, I said Gaza earlier. I meant Giza. Giza. By the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, you I know, the, reading the, the the news a bit too much but uh anyways and uh yeah so i i think aromatic is good i don't know i might have gone a different a different blend but i think it it fits enough here and then i mean and then kind of what you were talking about trade like trade with other cultures within mm. the area you know was a hub for sure yeah. uh and and i feel like there was a lot of maybe what what's the what do you call them when uh you know the guys trying to trade you some phony stuff, snake snake oils and yeah, stuff snake or, oil salesmen. Yeah, I feel like there was probably a lot of that, but but among that was probably oh, you know, this isn't real, but you know, in our fantastical approach to our podcast, mm. like oh, try this tobacco. It's you know, it's fruity. It's you know, it's got <laughs> essence of citrus and you know, oranges and but this one's a vanilla. You know, obviously that didn't happen, but but I can I see. You know, through the use of trade, that this would maybe some aromatic tobacco was traded through these regions. Yeah. Again, not actually. I'm not stupid. Uh, I mean, but yeah, I was gonna say, and, and they like claimed it had these special benefits or something. Yeah, that's what yeah, I you think know what I mean? a snake oil salesman would be. They'd they'd be more like, 
this will heal all your ailments and all this, this stuff. This smells like apples. If you smoke this and you smell apples ever again, you will be magically full. <laughs> full from apples. <laughs> Apple a day uh, keeps the doctor away. What's doctors? Yeah, I was going to say, what's a doctor? <laughs> um, we will pray to the healing god. Uh, but anyways, that was our Egyptian pharaoh era and our finally our last one. We have Man in Cave Age era. Man in Cave. We got to go with Burley, man. Whoa. Dude, Burley. I love it. It's good. It's, uh, as LJ Peretti would say, the quintessential, quintessential. type of tobacco. Tobacco, uh, And I, I don't agree, but I love it. I love it just as much mm. as they do. I just don't know if it's the... Well, maybe it is because it's it's so prevalent. Like, you know, when I... It's one of those things where it's like, oh, I love Burley. That's almost like saying... Um, like sugar is your favorite candy, right? Every candy has mm. sugar. Every tobacco, for the most part, most part has burly in some form or another. But like a very burly forward, um, you know, tobacco is very good to me. So if you if we're going off the sugar analogy, maybe like a, a sour patch, like a very sugary forward, whereas a chocolate has probably, I mean, still a lot of sugar, but right. it's, it's more. You don't uh, see dulled. the sugar crystals on exactly. it. Exactly. Um, so, so yeah, Burley is in most tobaccos, um, blends nowadays, but, but when we talk about this category of Burley, we are talking about kind of like the Virginia where, you know, Virginia blends and Navy blends might have Burley. Um, they're primarily, or at least the ones we're talking about with these Navy cuts will have Virginia. Same thing with our man and cave arrow in the Burley. We're going to be Burley forward. So it's, it is simple. It, 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 it very much is a simple, um, tobacco there's two forms of it, like a bright burly um, and uh, I think dark burly, um, white burly, dark burly kind of thing. Yeah. And they both have very different characteristics. The The difference between them is uh, where like the time, like uh, like like the, the darker leaf is lower on the stock and the lighter leaf is higher on the stock as it grows. Uh, that could be absolutely wrong. If if I'm wrong, flip it. It's the opposite. Whatever it is, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah it's and they, they both yield different characteristics and darker burley can be added to blends to bring something else out whereas a lighter burley might be might be used for for you know different flavor profiles um and they're not necessarily conducive of like bright means lighter and tastier i mean the bright i find is a little bit more spicy or excuse me the white burley is what it's called is a, it can be a little bit more spicy but if you marry it properly it kind of gets rid of the spice with different tobaccos it's it's very very awesome and you can use it with anything and, and i've been kind of being a broken record at this point but for our man and cave age i'm talking probably just like a mixture of just dark burly and bright uh white burly something mega simple i don't know just dude we there's no history on the man and cave age we just know right. that we found some paintings we saw found some handprints and some <laughs> you know man with stick pointing at saber tooth tiger, you know, from cave walls. And, you know, very, very, very rarely did we find, um, you know, bones or, or tools or anything. Um, but we have, and, and I find that very, very fascinating. We found, you know, these cave people from across the world, you know, mainly in Europe, but we've been finding, um, I'm very into like the, the 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 primitive man and mm. you know the neanderthals and neanderthalness and all this like early early people i find it so fascinating um but we're finding that 
there was um like some remnants and bones or something, some fossilized thing from like super, super long ago that predates um, Europe and it wasn't in Europe. So, uh, or excuse me, Africa, that predates Africa. It was actually in Europe, which is mighty fascinating because it's like, okay, now we don't, I mean, if that's <laughs> true, we don't really know where we all originally came from in terms of like science, not necessarily religion. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's quite fascinating. It's, it's, something very surreal probably aside from when we talked about seeing like the castles would be very surreal and it is seeing the pyramids and the 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 sphinx which were made by maybe people um is very surreal but dude imagine going into a cave and seeing a handprint from an early human oh that is gotta be i mean in my opinion that's gotta be the most mind-blowing thing where someone was like trying to say i was here right you know but mega millions of years ago that's that's insane insanity to me i don't know it is i find that so fascinating yeah just like because i've i've heard many places of like these civilizations and these eras leaving these these handmade objects as signals that there was a society here like think about the pyramids the how long they've withstood uh that yeah. literally the test of time you know uh we're talking climate we're talking all these things that's survived all of it. These castles have at this point survived hundreds of years, if not a thousand plus, whatever. It yeah. Yep. Yeah. And those stand the test of time and have. And then you think about a handprint, like a dude, whatever it may be, whether it's mud or some sort of dye that they used or yep. whatever. And it's on a cave, it's preserved, and it's been 10 times as long as the other things have been around and yeah it's such a cool testament to this sort of human you know creation or whatever you want to call it like yeah this, the idea of humans well i mean dude this is going to be really wholesome for you since we both create the show i think the yeah. you guys the listener might think this is mad cringe and just like a, a crazy you know over uh, exaggeration but <laughs> like we are creating something right now Right. Yeah. And albeit very small and it will not stand the test of time, <laughs> at least yeah. not like a, a handprint. But but like there is a a human nature that wants to socialize and yeah. create. create. And maybe it was from a painting and may, maybe those were just warnings to like fellow like <laughs> to the out. children, like like point at really scary looking thing, you know, and then point at man with stick and then point at self, like come find man with stick, which is me when you see this thing. I don't know. Maybe it was right. a warning, but. But the way we interpret it and we see it with our, you know, architecture today uh, and of the days of old, like we have very much gone out of our way to to show ourselves in some some right. way. Like you look at like, especially with the medieval period, like the Gothic uh, churches, incredible form right. of architecture. Did they need to build that to worship? No. <laughs> no. Nope. You go in the backyard to do it. You know yeah, what I mean? Literally. But like we wanted to. Or in your house. I mean, but we wanted what, to show yeah. our character at the time. And, and that was very reflective of the time. But yeah, it's just very fascinating to see at, at, like these caves. There there's one cave where one of the oldest um, handprints um, is, is found. I don't quite remember what the name is or where it was. Very sad that they actually had to close it uh, because it was at a time where um, they were allowing folks to come in and it was roped off and all that. But 
all the people in the cave, like the the body heat and the moisture and the sweat, and then the flash oh. photography started to r- really fade and eradicate all the the paintings. So they weren't able to like at least kind of save it. Um, I mean, a little too late, but now you can never go in there. Um, but but that's a that's why those things are still there, right? Because people hadn't been in those caves for right bajillions of years. Um, <laughs> maybe not that long, but <laughs> yeah. And and why I think this would be good with the burly is you kind of have this DNA, this figurative handprint of these people in us today, man. Like it's part of it's in everything. And that's yeah, that's dude. how burly is. Like we we can find ourselves, we can look at our history, both written and you know, architectural or just kind of left for us and be like, I'm in that. My handprint is there. Like it's the same five fingers, you know, hopefully. And uh, it, it, it can match that in some capacity. And that's that's a really crazy, it's a really cool idea. And, and even just like reading the ancient history that we have, like whether it's, you know, sort of this, these biblical narratives of like historical things that have happened and even just their, their storytelling aspects and what they were doing. And obviously there's so much more and it, it's, it's just absolutely amazing to think there's like, and, and you know, I'll just kind of talk on briefly on what I think and like what I believe, but like, it's amazing to see the stories in, in the Bible and realize and look at it and be like, oh, I, like we still do the same things today. Like we're still these same humans, just we have phones and, you know, airplanes mm-hmm. and stuff now. And that's a really interesting idea. And I think you can even talk about that with like the the Egyptian pharaohs and maybe a little oh, yeah, less like, sure. like cave, caveman age because I don't think we knew what their social aspects and stuff were. But just the idea that we're, we do, we're in everything just like Burley and, and their kind of remnants are with us as well. But that has been our main topics. We got a little bit of quick fire characters from this era we're, we're gonna go through it i'll give the character oh what is it <laughs> what did I, oh man it's been so long Dang. Fire! no ow! But, uh, that's what it is it's ow <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway uh, hit, hit us with the quick fires everyone's ears it, but <laughs> yeah <laughs> everyone's ears hurt now but uh we're, we're gonna you know, focus in on one character from this era. It may not be your most favorite. It, uh, you know, so we talk to us about the, the, uh, the original topic. I don't care about your, uh, you know, your, your comments on, on these characters. We picked them. They're fun. And Adam will give a specific tobacco, like specific one that, you know, is in the, the same, uh, type of tobacco that we gave the era. If that makes sense. So the first person we got from the Wild West is Billy the Kid. Ooh. Okay. Um, probably the only one that like people know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Billy the Kid was, you know, he was an outlaw. That's all I know. And I think he killed a couple people, had a couple murders, a lot of robbery, um, yeah. and, and then like some fraud things, maybe. Yeah. So so here's a quick write-up. Okay, yeah, yeah. Fill us in. Billy the Kid, born Henry McCarty, and also known as William H. Bonney, remains one of the most 
infamous figures of the American Wild West. Notorious for his role in the Lincoln County War and his subsequent life as an outlaw, Billy the Kid's legend is a blend of fact and fiction. Despite his criminal adventures, he's often portrayed as a Robin Hood-like figure. His reputed charm and reputed skill with a firearm have cemented his place in American folklore. His life and death at the hands of Sheriff Pat Garnet in 1881 have been the subject of countless books, films, and songs, making him a symbol of the rebellious and untamed spirit of the American frontier. So that's Billy the Kid. Okay, okay. So, yeah, we, I mean, with most outlaws, everything gets fantasized and made mm, way cooler. True. But, um, yeah, I mean, so we had given um, the Wild West this, uh, the other category. Mm-hmm. So instead of just giving you, we're, we're going to, I'm going to force myself for a pipe tobacco. Um, this Cigarettes. Kinda, <laughs> yeah, no, this, this could have worked for um, the, the pirate sea time, but we're going to go with a, a rope tobacco and oh, okay. the, the tobacco is of a, like a dark fired, um, uh, it's a dark fired leaf and it's a very dark, uh, roll. And that's going to be, uh, what's it? Not Sam Gaywith, but Gaywith and Hogarth, mm. uh, black Irish X rope tobacco, I believe it's called. And that tobacco is, is again, primarily um, this dark fired leaf. It's a super black. If you ever see rope tobacco in a bag, if you've never seen it, man, it's, it's kind of scary looking. It looks like both either rotting intestines or uh, poop. That's just the truth of it. <laughs> it does look like that. But that said, these are, this is kind of tobacco, man. If, if you, you, you got to be an experienced guy. So if he's going to smoke this, uh, you know, outlaw kind of time, I feel. I feel like this is the one he's going to go for. He's he's a man of smoke and nicotine and consumption of uh, tobacco. So this is this is going to be the one. And of course, it fits our our other category, being that really the the fact that it's a dark fired predominantly, but also the fact that it's a rope. You can even argue that that in and of itself is is conducive to the other category. But yeah, this is a very 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 strong um, tobacco. This is probably one of the more powerful ones. There's also, I believe, a brown Irish. But we're going specifically on the black one. Uh, and again, very, very strong with nicotine content um, and, and even flavor. This is a very powerful because when you when you rope your tobacco, it just. It allows for this like super marrying process um, and then the 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 way it cooks uh, or rather like a cure. I don't know what the correct, correct terminology for ropes, um, but a lot of the nicotine is just like right there on the surface so mm. when you're smoking this you know whether like a like a, for example like a chew if you were to chew tobacco you'd get the you'd get more nicotine uh than just smoking it but through the rope and whatever process they use for the black x irish or black irish x um is it's like this magical process to make it even more nicotine intensive um i will ask a tobacconist and come back for a more coherent answer and, and, and logical answer but you get the basis of what i'm trying to say that is the truth so yeah that's we're gonna give that to billy the kid all right next one we got medieval time frame we got vlad the impaler and vlad the third known as vlad the impaler or vlad dracula was a 15th century prince of wallachia a historical region in romania did you go there his cruelty for reputation inspired the name of Bram Stoker's fictional vampire, Dracula, as well as his last name. 
Vlad is best known for his resistance against the Ottoman Empire and his brutal tactics in war, including impaling his enemies. His rule was characterized by both extreme cruelty and a sense of justice, often employing harsh punishments to maintain order and independence in his principality. Vlad's legacy remains complex. Seen as a national hero in Romania for his defiance against Ottoman expansion, but also as a figure of macabre fascination in world folklore. So, what tobacco are you giving our boy Vlad the Impaler? Okay, so, yeah. I do know a little bit about Vlad. I had a, one of my buddies was, in college was fascinated with him because of how brutal this guy was. And that's true. Actually, the the little reading you gave me right there was pretty dumb, not dull, uh, dulled down. Because, dude, yeah, yeah. Bro, inha- yeah, bro impaled. Like, he, he, <laughs> he really inhaled, inhaled people. people. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, the impaling of folks was, was happening under Vlad the Impaler's rule. Like, to a crazy degree. <laughs> like, if you were killed by him, impaled. If you were an enemy, impaled. If he didn't like you, impaled. Impaled. <laughs> Straight to impale. <laughs> so yeah pretty brutal guy so we got to give him like a very heavy tobacco so and this is i feel like this this these could all be for our pirate folks but um the fact that i did give the piracy or excuse me the medieval age uh english we're gonna go with a heavy 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 english um and that's gonna be pirate cake that's one of my preferred heavy latakia blends um again kind of would be a great one for for piracy, but we gave Virginia kind of navy cuts for them. But man, pirate cake has got like it's like 75-80% of it is it's a it's a cake and it's it's Latakia, which is just super cool. It's a it's one of those tobaccos that it's kind of an anomaly, you know? It's there's a reason we don't use too too much uh, Latakia because it starts to overtake the flavors, but um the way this with the other varietals uh is blended it's just it's quite wonderful it's one of one of my uh not go-to's but it's a preferred uh english of mine especially on the heavy latakia side so pirate cake yeah very vladi impalery very very much so all right next one we got our pirates we got blackbeard of course edward teach better known as blackbeard was a fearsome english pirate who operated around the west indies and the eastern coast of the american colonies Blackbeard was notorious for his imposing figure, his ship Queen Anne's Revenge, and his clever tactics, which earned him a formidable reputation during the golden age of piracy. Unlike many pirates of his era, Blackbeard avoided excessive violence, often relying on his fearsome image to achieve his goals. His death in 1718 during a fierce battle with British naval forces marked the end of an era and cemented his legacy as one of the most famous pirates in history. Okay, for... For Blackbeard, um, I'm going to go with a Virginia Perique. Um, okay. You know, a lot of folks like the Virginia Perique's these days. Um, and the one I'm going to go with is a little bit of a change-up. It's going to be uh, Warped, uh, Warped Cigars, the, the cigar company. They're blend with Cornell and Deal, the, one of the collaborations between Kyle Gellis and uh, Jeremy Reeves. It's going to be Cloudhopper. This oh. is a... Good sweet blend um, for the folks who love uh, Reek as well. It's got like a, a decent amount. Um, this is one that you know I I don't reach for often because I'm I'm okay with the Preeks these days. But but uh, you know this one this one's just like a not over the top 
uh, Virginia. It's not over the top Perique, but it has like some of those warm undertones from the red Virginias. Uh, this one, mainly because of that name, man, Cloudhopper, like traveling. Blackbeard was known for for traveling, um, you know, and as his name implies, he like it sounds like Blackbeard was probably this crazy pirate who, you know, was super murderer, killer, stealer. But but as as we know, he he kind of wasn't. He just kind of relied on the image um, and instead just kind of traveled and, you know, yeah, man, definitely partook in the piracy. But I don't know. I feel like Cloudhopper would be a good, uh, you know. Maybe he's not hopping the clouds, but he's hopping the waves. So we're going to go with the Virginia Perique uh, Cloudhopper. Cool. Love it. Next one, second to last, is our Egyptian Pharaoh's era. We got Akhenaten. This is one that isn't too common. So Akhenaten, formerly known as Amenhotep IV, was a pharaoh of the 18th dynasty of Egypt. Which year was that? What, just, which two? What? I have no just clue. No, I'm, just I'm just kidding. Uh, for the 18th dynasty of Egypt, notable for its radical departure from traditional Egyptian polytheism. He established a monotheistic worship centered around Aten, the sun disk, significantly altering the religious landscape of ancient Egypt. His reign, known as the Amarna period, saw a shift in artistic and cultural expression highlighted by most by more realistic and individualistic depictions of, in art. Akhenaten's capital city, Akhenaten, modern-day Amarna, was abandoned shortly after his reign, and his legacy was largely erased by his successors. Today, he is recognized for his profound impact on Egyptian history and is the subject of intense scholarly debate and interest. Okay. Uh, I know little i've never even heard of this guy so yeah. i'm just gonna go off the pharaoh thing uh we gave them aromatic i'm gonna go with sutliff dark and silky oh i this is such a simple describing blend. akhenaten or Ooh, i mean probably i mean i kind of yeah. describing the pharaohs man and yeah. their, what we just described as their way of life too you know yeah. very lavish and honored and respected <laughs> and worshipped but uh, but no, dark and silky's a pretty simple blend, man. It's uh, uh, this is this is cool because it's all um, what's the what's the tobacco that you use uh, that people think is automatically aromatic, but it's not Cavendish, black Cavendish. Mm. Um, so this is in fact an aromatic, um, but it has like a, a topping of a uh, chocolate, and you know it it's one of those blends where you smoke and you're like, man, this is kind of dark and silky, and it's a uh, you know pretty light uh but it smells delicious tastes pretty good tastes like a little dark and silky chocolate i'm gonna go with that with the pharaohs man that that's uh and I, I like that that's from sutliff's uh private stock you know we think a multiple dolce there, there's a main guy that bunch but this is a this is a sleeper if you haven't had it dark and silky you're a pharaoh you've had it <laughs> <laughs> all right and our last man last one is the caveman era we got otzi the Iceman. Otzi the Iceman is a remarkably... <laughs> they had people? <laughs> we know people? <laughs> hey! Uh, well-preserved natural mummy uh, from the Copper Age. So it's a little kind of so after not the really... caveman. Yeah, yeah, I know. but I'm sure there's no, like, preserved... Ah, yeah. I mean, there might be, but... Yeah, okay, anyway, tell had, me about um, Otzi. Yeah, Otzi. You had Lucy. That was, like, 11... Well, she was two, even before. Two million years. Yeah. Yeah, so. she was more of, like, a primate looking thing right so discovered in 1991 in the Otzel alps on the border between austria and italy otzi dates back to approximately 3300 bce 
So honestly, this could be kind of in the pharaoh types. But anyways, we'll we'll keep going. His body <laughs> no, we're, and, ca- we're counting it. Yeah, we're counting. His body and belongings provide a unique window into the life of people during the Copper Age. Analysis of his tools, clothing, and body, including his tattoos, has offered invaluable insights into ancient technology, diet, health, and lifestyle. The circumstances of his death, likely due to injuries from an arrow and blunt trauma, have been the subject of extensive research, making Otzi a key figure in the study of early European human history. So, yeah, you can you can count them in there. Yeah, okay. I mean, if he was killed by an arrow, then we've got some we get some yeah. technology here. So, not everything can be perfect in the get pipe world. But we're gonna we're just gonna say Otzi Otzi, right? Am I saying that right? The right, third right. time. Okay. Yeah. Is our our man in cave? Uh, I'm gonna go to. <laughs> Uh, cobblestone, uh, brick, brick burly plug. And for one reason, I, I, the cobblestone lens came out very, not very recently, but very recently in terms of the grand scheme of, uh, pipe tobacco, but it's just brick. It is called brick, brick and burly. Pl- it, that's the, like brick is the, excuse me, brick is the series and it's brick burly plug. And I just feel like man in cave is like brick, brick. plug. Brick <laughs> holds up stone. Brick holds up pile of dirt. Brick. What is it in uh, Anchorman when Brick is holding up a hand grenade? It's like, oh, that's you, right. Where did you get a hand grenade <laughs> or whatever? <laughs> His name is Brick. <laughs> His name uh, is Brick. Literally, which perfect. is so perfect. It's so yeah. perfect. All right, but uh, that's uh, that's been our tobacco through time. If you got any other eras or any anything you want us to talk about with this, we would love for you to let us know. Send them to show at getpipe.co or let us let us know in our Discord. And while you're at it, go ahead and comment on if you're listening on Spotify, even or if you're on Apple as well. Leave a comment or a review and just say whether or not you disagree or agree with Adam's suggestions for the debate. Segments, segments. Let's go. We got two today. We got some this or that. We're talking a little Ireland, but we're gonna transition out of Ireland and kind of back into some some other just tobacco smoking ones. But then our second segment, we got ask Adam and Nick anything. So we got a couple questions there for that. But before we get to there, let's do some this or that. We got two folks who submitted some questions. We got Tim J. And our good friend, Josh05. The first three are from Tim, and they are related to your Ireland trip, or just like oh, kind of okay. Ireland in general. But, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll answer them too. So our first one is Guinness on CO2 or nitro? Okay. Um, so CO2, that's like the carbonation, right? So all beer, for the most part, has some kind of carbonation. Mm. Very lightly, not like a soda carbonation. But uh, actually, so... Guinness does not use CO2, um, but I'm wondering if you mean Guinness Extra Stout. That is a more carbonated beer, and it's Hmm. not a nitro. Uh, So all the drafts is a nitro, um, and even the can, the the little widget as a that little ball that you open up the can, it it releases uh, nitrogen into the can, and that's how you get all your mega million. I think it's a three million, no, three hundred million, three hundred million bubbles. 
That's what they said at the, the Guinness storehouse. Yeah, pretty cool. And that's what the cream is. It's bubbles. Uh, so that's all done with nitrogen. So I guess I'm taking this as Guinness Draft or Guinness Extra Stout. Oh, boy. Guinness Draft. But, man, I love Extra Stout. Extra Stout oh. is the one that comes in a bottle only. Uh, you cannot get it on draft. I've actually never, I mean, maybe you can, but I've never, ever, 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 ever seen it. Didn't see it in Ireland. Didn't see it in the States. I'm sure there's someone in the world who's done it. But um, yeah, in, in Guinness, Extra Stout is the original. So in Ireland, it's literally called Guinness Original. Um, but yeah, the draft is, it's special. And it did come out second, but it is special. And that's what Guinness is known for. So I'm going to go with the Nitro. Yeah, I agree. I love Guinness Draft. I, I don't know, just... It's so, so good, good, so creamy, oh, I'm so about it right now. I know I am too. I have some I'm Guinness hungry. zeros in the fridge right now. Zero point zero. I'm trying to watch the alcohol consumption. You know, kind of going on the dry uh, for a little bit. I mean, just after having a lot of it. No, so. I know. But I know. my Guinness will stay, and I'm going to use the nitro can uh, from the zero point zero Guinness. Heck yeah! All right, we got our next one from Tim Jameson or Tullamore. Oh, what a great oh, question. Here so we go. If you had asked me this before Ireland, I would have said Jameson. I am now definitively drawing my line in the sand. I'm Team Tullamore. I told Ooh. you guys in the last episode or maybe two episodes ago about my trip to the Tullamore factory. It was wonderful. And a little, little cool thing here is I was able to get three bottles of uh, Tullamore whiskey there, uh, all of which are super exclusive so one is mega exclusive in the sense that it's only sold in um the czech republic it's a uh, tullamore what? honey yeah i mean they're gonna change it soon but well i guess it's sold at the the, the factory but yeah so I'll, I'll, I'll post another photo of that so no one in the u.s or outside of europe of or in europe outside of the factory has seen this uh, but but it's a, a Telemore with honey. There's also a red wine one that I wanted to try that you can get in Europe. You can't really get it out in um in the US. And then the last one, dude, a get piped exclusive Telemore bottle. Actually. Like you have yeah. your own bottle made. Hundred percent. Yeah. I get what? to blend I get to blend it. Yeah. They had a, a freaking yeah, they had a machine and you told it what flavors you liked. You told it you could either you know, it, it's a blend of three whiskeys. Um, I mean, Irish whiskey, there's, we're, we could go into a long lesson. We're not going to do that. Um, but basically, Tullamore is a blend of three, a blended whiskey, blended Irish whiskey. And you get to do the proportions that you wanted. And it gives you a code, right? So I'll, I'll again, I'll post this photo. You know, it's, and I, I signed the label. It says blended by Adam J. Floyd. Um, it has a date, it has a code. So if you wanted to go, if anyone went to the store, they could put in my code and they can get that exact same proportion. Uh, so I've not opened it. I've not drank it. Well, actually, I tried it. You got to try the first sip and it was wonderful. Um, but yeah, all of that makes me a team Tullamore guy. And then another little asterisk here, a little maybe side note is every Vegas pipe show, producer guy and I yeah. get a bottle of Tullamore XO. It's a Caribbean cask, a Caribbean rum cask, uh, uh, Tullamore. Uh, and it's delicious. And it's this so is, good. I mean... It happened twice and that will be a staple. So that also yeah. adds to like the wholesomeness. And I, it, it's, it made me be like, you know what? This is my, this is my whiskey and yeah, it, it, it will be forever. It's wild because like we get the bottle and we honestly don't have much for like a day or two or whatever. And then it's like the last day we're just like, eh, 
it's Sunday or whatever. Yeah, put it, it in is. the flask, you know, have a and swig just, here, have a swig there. We're giving it out to folks too. So yeah, yeah. Next, next Vegas. Uh, I, I feel at, if 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 we're both at Chicago, if everything works well, I think we're gonna do probably just a regular bottle, a Telemore, yeah. just a regular Telemore. But if you see us in Vegas, man, we're gonna have that XO Caribbean cast. Come come oh, find yeah. us. <laughs> That'd be good. All right, next one, number three from Tim: Shepherd's pie or corned beef? Ooh, what a great question two very iconic um you know foods from from ireland right very simple uh grew up with shepherd's pie the fake one cottage pie uh shepherd's pies with lamb so so wonderful uh but corned beef man it's so good corned beef and cabbage they call it bacon and cabbage up there what i'm gonna go with yeah yeah they call it bacon up there um i mean most places you'll still find it yeah. called corned beef this is a hard one. This is a really hard one. If you had said like, oh, I don't know, I'm going to go with corned beef, corned beef and cabbage. It's such a warm, because mm. it has potatoes, it has the cabbage, but shepherd's pie has the, uh, it's it's a tough one, but I'm going to go with corned beef because normally they'll put like a sauce, um, some kind of like a, a gravy that's, it's very light and almost tangy, very wonderful. Um, and sometimes the shepherd's pie can be, if the shepherd's, Pie's not good. It's not good. If the corned beef's not good, it's okay. Mm. So, yeah, I'm going to go with that. Okay. Uh, I just realized I never talked about the Tullamore Jameson. I'm going to go oh. Tullamore, first of all. Okay. Yep. yep. And then going to Shepherd's Pie or corned beef. I I think I'm going to go Shepherd's Pie. I know. I respect Vegas, that. I know in Vegas I had, I think it was a cottage pie. I think it was ground beef. The one that. Still good? It was so good. It was huge. It just kept going. I was like, Oh, you did like, get a huge you remember that? portion. Yeah. They were like, do you want the lunch or the dinner? And I was like, I mean, it's dinner time. So I'll take am I a dinner. boy or am I yeah, a man? I a boy? And like, I was definitely a boy. I, I mean, I had like a few bites left, but man, I, I remember saying, I forget to who it was. Maybe it was Angelo. Um, he was sitting next to me or, Bruno, not one one of the guys. I was like, it just keeps going. Like, like I keep taking a bite and another bite. And anyways, it was so good. But uh, let's go to number four, and we're kind of transitioning to more of the the pipe smoking ones. And this is from Josh O five from the Discord. Your go to tobacco or trying a new blend? Um, my go-to tobacco, and I don't really have one yet. Ish. I mean, it's really Mac Baron Burley Flake. That's that's kind of my staple these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been getting into any kind of Burley, right? Um, uh, LJ Preddy's Cuban mixture has been a, a function of mine for the past uh, week or so since I got back. Really, any of the Peretti Burleys. But you know, it's I, I try new blends. But the problem with trying new blends, man, is you gotta like you really gotta try them, right? Uh, different pipes, different, you know, shapes and sizes and different environments, different level of your own hydration and things you ate right. in a day. And it's, you know, when I'm on the go and, and as I, you guys all know, I'm a, a commuter pipe smoker. When I do a new blend on my commute and it's not hitting in all the right ways where I know Burley Flake would, it's kind of a letdown. And it's yeah. like, man, I only have like my one smoke, especially for the folks who don't commute. And they're like, man, I'm going to dedicate my Time. one smoke of the week or month or two months and you try a new blend that doesn't hit it's like ugh. so if you're going to go between the two 100 your 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 go-to yeah i'll go with go-to even though again i don't really have one and i just have a lot of tobacco that i should try but i'll still go with the go-to 
And finally, our last one. Smoking when you don't want to or wanting to smoke when you're not able to. Um. Oh, what an interesting question. It's so interesting. I have no idea. I have no idea. Wanting Can to I, smoke but not being able to. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's a that's a great feeling. I mean, it's a horrible feeling, but I I <laughs> dude, I mean, it normally happens when I'm smoking, so it's it's fair, but like this morning I'm just several times a, a day, honestly a day, and maybe not probably once a day. Let me clarify that. Once a day do I say Man, I love tobacco. And it's probably just before I'm smoking. It's like when I'm going for a, a Toscano or and my coffee's brewing and I'm like really excited to pair those flavors, uh, whether it's my pipe. Like I I love that. So when I can't smoke, that's like an encouraging thought. It's like, oh, yeah, like mm. whenever the next time is, it's going to be good. It's going to be with this drink. It could be a, a spirit, a, a beer, a, you know, a coffee, even water, uh, whatever it might be, a steak. I don't know, a, a good meal, a post meal, like, oh man, that's, that's very enjoyable. But, but the time, like today I was, I got, I smoked, I smoked like probably six bowls today. It, it was a lot. I was, I was Whoa. in the car a lot today. Yeah, it was a lot. And I was trying a bunch of tobacco and, uh, and then on my way home, I was smoking and I didn't want to. And I was like, this, this is not this. cool. This yeah. Is... I don't want to do this. And I, I hate that feeling. I never want to do that. Yeah. It's so fun and I enjoy it. And it's kind of my thing, but I get that yeah, at so... shows sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, I get it at, dude, hundred percent at shows. I always get it at shows. I actually posted about, um, Sutliff maple haunted maple, haunted maple, maple shadows. Ma- you got damn it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I had it for so long. Maple shadows. Uh. <laughs> and I talk about, it. I talk about how I, it was the first pipe I had of the day. But I was like, eh, I don't want to yeah. smoke this. I thought it was I thought it was good. Like I knew it was like an okay tobacco. But then I talk about it in the post where it was actually really good. And I didn't know that until this past weekend. Talking about me enjoying my porch smokes earlier in the episode. But yeah, man. Uh I am the exact same way. I and it's sad. I just I never want to smoke a pipe at a, a pipe show. show. Just because I just yeah. I don't taste anything. I just taste smoke and hot air and I'm chatting and even, even, even at Vegas too, some of the cigars, I just, the only, the ones that hit the most when we were waiting outside with, uh, you know, a couple folks to go get, get dinner. Cause I was outside, I was removed from all the smoke and all the hustling and bustling and yeah, even then, but there was a couple of cigars where I like, I'm pretty sure I just threw them out. I was like, eh, got like a quarter of the way through halfway through. It's just tough. It's a very interesting thing. Well, that has been this or that. If you got any more, we'd love if you sent five in a specific topic to show at getpipe.co or you can send them to our amazing Galactic Get Pipe. And finally, we got our second segment, Ask Adam and Nick Anything. This is typically our series where the community asks Adam a question or asks me a question. But today we got one question for each and uh, they're pretty good. So we'll get into the first one. The first one is for Adam. And this is from Get Mommed. The, the Get Mommed. She asks, do you think there is an oversaturation of pipe shows? I hear you discuss all these shows, both large and small across the country. 
Do you think the quotes little shows are helping the big shows or taking away from the bigger show audience? Are we approaching oversaturation? What a great question. So my mom, <laughs> I knew this question. My mom asked me uh, on the phone and I was like, you know, you listen to the show. A lot of folks would love to hear my thoughts on this. Uh, so I used to think so. I used to think if every time, and I've talked about this too a little bit, whenever a pipe show happens, we're trying to get everyone in the world, all the pipe smokers to convene. That's not the case. The Texas pipe show is for the folks in the Texas area. The, the, the Columbus pipe show is for the folks in the Columbus area. If you're now, it was a twist here. If you're a vendor, it becomes a little bit difficult because there's right. only so many vendors and artisans and you want them to go to your show. But if they're going to Chicago, they're going to Vegas, they're going to Columbus, they're going to, you know, the Smitty event, they're going to damn uh, Richmond, you know, any like they're going to all these pipe shows. It's hard to to get them. You know, and, and Texas saw that Texas saw folks, uh, vendors like, ah, you know, I've, I've been to five or six this year. I, this is I need I need some time off, and this is my biggest time off from Vegas to the next uh, event. So, in that regard, it can be a problem, but I wouldn't say it's oversaturated. In fact, I would say it's probably properly saturated. I mean, of course, I'd love more, but I think maybe if we continue to have, if we were to add another like five or six mini shows, mm. eh, I don't know. It could it could probably muddy things. What are your thoughts like about said, like Smitty's? Like a get together. I, I like a pipe meetup, man. I think those are great. Meetup, I think yeah. you have just a couple people local to the area. You brand it that way. And then you have crazy people like you and I and John David Cole who will travel great lengths to go to them. Uh, that That is what we want, right? But but it's not branded to everyone go f get a plane ticket right. and you know fly Delta to Gainesville, Georgia, right? Like that's just the reality <laughs> of it. Um, but... Yeah, I think these little shows like the Texas Pipe Show and even Mule Town, which is was massive because there's a lot of folks in that particular area, they they those inspire those meetups and those meetups inspire folks to go to the big shows. So if you have a if you live in the Gainesville area, you're going to go to the the Smitty Scar event, which is coming up in January. We're going to start talking about that a little bit soon. Uh, I think January twentieth and that might spark just enough fun and enjoyment. And, you know, you might want to start saving your, your monies to go to Schmeckles. Chicago or Vegas. Um, but you probably, those folks probably wouldn't travel to Columbus, right? Because it's a, yeah, I mean, Columbus is kind of a big show, but yeah, but that, that's what I'm getting at. Like these smaller events can get people to go to like the closest big event or go to the two big events being, you know, Vegas or Chicago. So, no, I don't think there's an oversaturation. Um, I think there's a perfect amount of time uh, between Vegas and Chicago, uh, for, at least for the international folks. But I can promise you that no one, no international folks for the most, I mean, they're just not, they're not going to come to, you know, Mule Town, you know, because they're going to go to the Vegas. They're going to go to the, to the Chicago. So, or they're going to go to like, you know, pipe show. The Germ UK or yeah, yeah, there's a Germany or, one, yeah. um, you know, Romania. There's some, there's some big, um, you know, pipe smoking out there as well. But yeah, I think um I think we need more international meetups and pipe shows. Like, you know, like I would I would have loved to have attended something in Ireland if I was there at the time. Um I'm a little ignorant on what's happening outside of the US in terms of the pipe show sphere, but mm -hmm. you know, there's a reason a 
America is the biggest, like P- Peterson, all of Peterson's customers is, is in America for the most part. Like that is the case for most of the French companies, Italian companies. We are consumers of, of pipes and tobacco. Their populations just aren't as much, but right. they could be. You know, they could be if they start doing these little pipe shows and maybe it'll turn into a big pipe show and have them come to a big pipe show in the U.S. So I wouldn't say it's oversaturated. Hell yeah. Oh, so now it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're being transparent here. Send in your, send in your submissions. We got a bunch since we did these. We wrote the, this, uh, the show notes here, but we had to combine the two because we didn't have enough <laughs> to ask Adam anything or Nick, Nick anything. But... Well, let's ask Nick a question because it's our show and we like to have fun. So, Nick, since Adam just got back from Ireland, it makes me wonder, what is your dream trip? What is your dream country trip? Where and why? And maybe that's related to pipe smoking. Maybe it's not. Yeah. Where Where would you go? With so, who? Why? When? I would say Where it's and not... how? I would say... Would you bring your... <laughs> okay, okay, this joke sucks. Um... It's not pipe smoking related, but uh, this trip is definitely, I'm going to say, definitely happening. Like, no plans, nothing has been bought or anything. The only thing that producer wife and I have been doing is learning a language, and that is Norwegian. Uh, Because our current dream trip, we're thinking about it for maybe 2026, which is when we would both be turning 30 kind of big celebration there we're doing maybe a like one and a half to two week uh, norwegian cruise and again don't have anything bought or planned or anything like that we're just we're doing it we're saving our schmeckles and it's going to be very expensive but we have a few years to really save anything i know that i've talked about like we've been doing a lot of budget stuff and and things like that and that's going to go into it we're you know, getting close to paying off all our debt. So anything past that, past our monthly whatever, is is super positive, and will hopefully be saved for this in in the coming years. And the reason why we want to do it is one, we just want to go to that area. It's beautiful with all the fjords and just I don't know. Producer wife wants to see the Northern Lights, and that's a great place to do it, especially in the winter time. Such a wife want. It is, but I agree. I mean, I think it's it's going to be really cool and just the, a lot of the nature stuff. One of the cruises we were looking at, there's an excursion every day type of thing. Like it's included in the package. And I think it was like a 14-day cruise. There's oh, some so you do are, a cruise. Yeah, sorry. We would do a cruise. Uh, there's some that are like ocean and riverboat cruises. There are some just riverboat cruises. When you get over to Europe, it's really cool. Like you're stopping... At multiple places rather than like the Caribbean where you're just going to like the Bahamas. You're there for two days and then you sail back and, you know, maybe go to Bermuda or whatever. But um, yeah, so that's that's a dream trip. I would obviously bring pipes and tobacco and I'd be on the search for them, but it's not one related to two pipes and tobacco. Oh, yeah. Um, we That was one thing we missed in Ireland. There was a couple opportunities to potentially see the Northern Lights and that was something that get wife was big on she really 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 wanted to i think it'd be cool yeah um i'm i'm less i it, I, I, I didn't care that we missed it um only i care that she didn't get to see it but right um yeah we we would love to do um she wants to do switzerland next mm. um and 
I was, I don't know. I mean, I would love to, I would go anywhere to be honest, but Italy's kind of on our maybe viewpoint. Yeah. It's just so tough. Cause you know, when you go to these places, unless like a cruise would be great because you're forced to go, it like brings you to other locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you're there, right. That's like our big problem, not problem, but we spent two weeks in, in Ireland. Right. And by the end of it, we weren't bored of Ireland. We were just missing home, but that would have been a great opportunity to go to a different, you know, to all the other countries over there because you're so close and when's the next time i'm going to be over there i I don't know i'm in the boat where we say yeah our next trip who knows when that is like that's not next year that's not the year after it's could be 10 years could be 15 years who knows um we did our one trip um i hope it's not just one but yeah no that's cool though i mean how's the language learning are you good good yeah i can say um how are you doing my name is nick what's your name um yeah, so yeah, um, really good. Yeah, yeah great. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there's w- I can do a lot of like formal formality stuff, like the the pleases and thank yous, the hello, like that. This is a boy. This is a girl. Like, um, you know, like the woman is my daughter type of thing, or the girl is my daughter. So it's like um, the girl. So it's uh, henta you know, is my daughter. So it's Henta Ermin is, it's Henta Er Dotren Min. So it's like the girl is my daughter type of stuff. So I can do some kind of basic things. Duolingo, pretty freaking sweet, dude. So I, on that I'm, train. I, I, try, I did try it for a long time. I got pretty good at Spanish for this. So I guess it does kind of work. The only thing is like, they need to find a way to break up um like the multiple choice thing because it's mm-hmm. very easy when you have a multiple choice answer yeah like your they brain's need- like oh like i i know this but then when i ask you the question like i'm sure you know how to say my name is but you'd have to like yeah you know think for a minute so if there was a way for i mean i'm i don't know i'm not a language builder and i <laughs> only know one language but it, it's tough um, yeah. but we're interested in, in starting it up again we both want to learn another language yeah it's it's been really cool definitely like it's it's so short the time period of of the lesson it can be like two minutes which is good but like there's been days when you know i i had nothing going on at work and we're just kind of hanging or whatever it was and i did like 25 or 30 minutes of kind of just studying and stuff whatever it was and like I felt so strong and confident. Like if you do multiple and do it for a long period of time, it could be really good. But if you just like do your one lesson a day to keep your streak going, it's like, Oh no, no, no. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Did you, do you have the the premium yet? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. About time. Damn. I remember you told me you didn't have it. I was like, you're crazy. Yeah. It's for, I think it's like 70, 80 a month or, or uh, a year. Excuse me. It's not bad at all for learning a, a language. It's phenomenal. Yeah, for having a teacher and doing like as many lessons as possible that you want. So, yeah, definitely have that have that premium. And uh, we're going to we're going to go to Norway. So, anyways, that's been ask Adam and Nick anything. If you have more burning questions that you want, send them to our Discord or go ahead to send them to show at getpipe.com.
but my brother. Where can people find you? I'm just getting straight to the point. Where can people find you outside of the podcast? Someone's tired. Someone's no, I'm good. Some... I'm actually oh, good. Really? I'm I'm hungry. This That's is lo- yeah. Honestly, I didn't I, I didn't tell you this. I gotta cook a steak after this. <laughs> yeah, nine fifty. Uh, but yeah. it's okay. I'm I'm feeling all right. Uh, they can find me on YouTube.com/slash Get Pipe for some of the premier YTC pipe smoking content. But if you want the more short form content, you can find that at instagram and that's at get underscore pipe but if you follow me make sure i follow my right name and you underscore producer guy <laughs> and discord is going to have any noise again and but i'm going to go to get by pipe join in the show notes please share the podcast but any and all pipes are new but not just the man this is one of his children too but for real follow let us know how we're doing um and share with all your friends and family but adam the longest, I said the longest, the quickest closing ever for a pretty long episode. What are your wise words of wisdom today? Um, You know, just uh, probably. <laughs> probably um, incongruent with what I just said about trying your own tobacco and not. Uh, I did have a pretty interesting uh experience with that maple shadows get got at that time as i had mentioned hey. uh, so you know maybe maybe give that tobacco when you get the chance another shot because uh, go read that post um it's and it's, it's find, find my instagram get underscore pipe man and i i had a really good write-up on it was. Uh, my experience with uh, maple shadows going from not liking it to thinking it was very very wonderful so it, it gives you a little bit of insight on you know, my, my viewpoint of trying things and, and, and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I was very surprised. I was surprised how much I loved it. Um, I went from thinking it was okay to loving it and yeah, I don't know. I guess that's, you know, there's not real wisdom in there, but maybe some advice just for the folks who are, you know, considering it. And, you know, there's always the option to try tobacco, put it on a shelf and try it again later and again in another pipe, another, another day, another time, different drink, different pairing, whatever. But at the end of the day, if you're a pipe, if you're smoking a pipe, you're smoking a tobacco, you're a pipe smoker, and that's all I care about. Um, so I just hope you enjoy it. You know, I don't want, I don't need you to enjoy it. I need you to be a pipe smoker. But if you enjoyed it, that'd be even better. But, but for now, I think I'm off to go save the pipe smoking world. But once again, I'm not sure how I'm going to pull it off. But until then, you have all just been pipes. And until the next piping, we are out. <laughs>